This week we ask the big question, who is the writer of our reality as we discuss the overlooked 1994 John Carpenter classic, In the Mouth of Madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie, the Axe Jefferson, and joining me, as always, is the young man's voice and my old man's body, Tim Yoba. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very good. It's a little hot here in New York, but what are you going to do? It's summertime. It's summer, and we are, oh, God, it's, you know, it's a little hot here, too. I think it actually hit 73 today just be glad you're not in fucking uh washington where it's like what 118 degrees uh tim i'm glad i'm not in washington for a (laughs) plethora of reasons good sir but tim we are not alone today on this journey as we come full circle we are officially one year into doing a podcast tim yobo and we are joined by none other than longtime friend of the me Sort of, because we haven't been talking for a minute, but that's just because I've been too busy to play D&D with you. I'm very sorry. Dave, Diamondback Manhunter, how are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing well. It was 103 degrees here in Sacramento. Oh, God. So it's you and Charlie up there in Sacktown just sweating your balls off. Man. Oh, sweaty sack. Oh, boy. That's not good for anybody. But it's a dry heat, though. New York is, uh, you got you got the humidity there. It cools it down just a little bit. But if you're in the city, it's real bad. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have like 90% humidity down here in uh, Ventura County. But I don't know. It's, it's cool enough. As long as there's a little bit of wind going, that's not fucking terrible. So a couple of bits to get through here before we get into the show. I just wanted to... Um, since we're taking a victory lap here, since it's been one year since I started this show, I'd like to make a few announcements. I don't normally brag, but let's do it. Hey, what are you gonna do? If you can't brag on your birthday, what are you going to do, right? Exactly. Come on. We are ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide currently. Just a brief correction. Since we recorded this, we're actually now in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. So we're better than that. Hats off to that one. Thank you, yeah, that's listeners. A nice, nice little feather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have been ranked because I don't pay for the service that tells you where you currently rank because I'm cheap. Um, we were ranked in the top 100 of all film podcasts in the United Kingdom, the top 150 in New Zealand, and the top 150 currently in the United States of America. So, again... We're doing great. I guess uh, people in Great Britain love our funny uh, accents, huh? <laughs> that I think they also love it when we do like Jallo movies, and I try to pronounce all those people's fucking names, and I just no way. 
it's not going to happen. Or Japanese horror movies, or basically anywhere that's not America. So, I'm trying, guys. I really am. And Tim, here's the other one. I just found out that Google is able to track this, and uh. in the last three months, just three months, Tim, people have listened to our podcast for over 7,500 hours. Holy shit. That's just off of the Google Podcast app, by the way. Wow. Can you imagine that? Well, I'm not surprised that Google can track anything because they know everything about <laughs> everybody, right? That's very true. I actually just turned analytics on there, and I was looking up like what people are searching to find our podcast. It's, uh, it's startling. Uh -oh. And mostly it's... Uh, what are they accidentally finding? What are they typing in and accidentally finding our show? Well, sorority girls, co-eds. Okay. <laughs> slime. No, not slime. Not slime. Basically, everything you can think of that's sexual that has to do with uh, sorority babes and the slime bubble arama. One of our most popular episodes, by the way. I wonder why. <laughs> because it's a wonderful film. So, Dave... What's up? We decided that the theme that for this month would be, we're just, you know what? We're going to celebrate. We're going to do all fucking bangers. Like, the best of the best, your favorite horror movie. And, well, I reached out to you specifically because we tried to do an episode on Freddy Got Fingered. It, it ended up taking eight hours and two recording sessions. <laughs> Holy shit. I thought I went long. We went, like, plot point by plot point. Well, that's actually what we tend to do on this show, but I can abbreviate it a little bit better because I have a little more experience. Dave, I actually let you select the movie for this week, and what, pray tell, did you pick and why? It's In the Mouth of Madness. Um, I picked it because John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors. That's, you know... I think I think he's a lot of people like if you like movies, he's one of the people who, you know, action movies, horror movies, stuff like that. John Carpenter is like a person that everybody loves. So it seems it seems like a no brainer. And In the Mouth of Madness uh, in particular is one of those like less well-known John Carpenter films because it never, you know, it had a theatrical release and uh, but it never saw the kind of success that like The Thing did or. I think even like Prince of Darkness was bigger than than, than in the Mouth of Madness. Uh, certainly, the Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York movies, which are completely different, by the way. Like, you know, in terms of what what they are, Escape from L.A. is insane. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just surprised that you hadn't yet yet done in the Mouth of Madness. So, uh, and I, and I'm a big uh, Lovecraft guy. Yeah, that's that. So it's it's Carpenter doing Lovecraft, and that's. That's why I really like it. Perfect. So it's funny, I mean, because we you're right, we haven't done In the Mouth of Madness yet. But Tim, you know very well. You and I were talking about doing a cosmic horror month. Yeah. And this is this I think this is the main movie that you wanted to do just for the cosmic horror. Well, I think both of us were like one, two, three, and we both said in the mouth of madness. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh oh my god, it's such a phenomenal movie. Um, and a little bit of coming full circle, the very first episode of this show that I did, before Tim was even here, by the way, was on They Live. So, 
carpenter to carpenter. Here we go. What is your history, if any, with this movie, Dave? Um, my dad had it on Laserdisc in 1994. Whoa. Laserdisc? Laserdisc. Wow. Um, so yeah, I saw it and, uh, uh, 1994, I was, uh, I was nine. Um, Jesus and I probably saw it when I was like nine or 10 and, uh, yeah, at, at that point it was ex extraordinarily scary. I've seen it so many times that that part of it doesn't really, you know, it's hard, it's hard to like register. Oh, am I supposed to be scared now? I mean, I've seen this so many times that, but, uh, but back then I remember, um, and a lot of those tropes that you see in movies today, right? The just the jump scares, which in this in this case they're kind of earned, whereas like they don't really earn them in in a lot of mar modern horror. But um, but yeah, that it was it was quite scary at that point in my life. Nice, Tim. What about you, buddy? What's your history within the mouth of madness? Uh, I'm pretty sure this might be like maybe the second or third time I've seen this movie. I know I definitely saw it when it came out on uh, VHS. Were there DVDs back then? Or was it just like VHS or Laserdisc? 90... VHS and Laserdisc. Uh, DVD came out in 96. Okay. Was, okay. But they were widespread by like 97, 98. But yeah, I think you're right, David. This is one of his lesser uh, recognized movies. I mean, I think I probably saw Ghost of Mars, which I think is his worst movie more than I've seen this movie. And I, I've never seen that. So there, there's a don't, couple. Don't. I've never seen that, and I've never seen the vampire, the uh, D, uh, James Woods one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. That's another bad one. <laughs> hey, look, you're allowed two bad movies out of what? 20 good movies? That doesn't even have to be 20 good movies. Like, even if it's five good movies, they're good on a level that no one else has five good movies. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's written his ticket, as far as I'm concerned. And he's he, done it across all different genres, right? It's not oh yeah. just horror. Oh, yeah. It comes off to me like he's like a working man's director, almost, that, you know, he just does what he has to do. <laughs> Right. And uh, so if it's, you know, and he works within his budget, too. It, it doesn't seem like, uh, you know, he, you know, he, his ego goes into like, oh, every movie I have to make is an art movie or something like that. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if he had like back well, like in his prime, if he had like maybe 30, 40 million dollars to make a movie. Yeah. I mean, you would see every cent of that 30 million dollars on the screen. That's for damn sure, because that's I mean, that's his style. Completely. Yeah. Um, so for me, I actually ended up seeing this one in uh, the movie theater. Wow. I, yeah, yeah. My, my uh, best friend and me, uh, my, my best friend Josh, we used to go and convince his father to take us to any big horror movie that was coming out around that time that we, we could. And his, his dad was just like, whatever, here's some money. Uh, I'll buy the tickets for you. And then I'm going to go fuck off and do my own thing. I was just going to say, he's visiting his mistress while you're watching it. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Probably, dude. His dad was the he's like, shit. This is a win-win thing for me and the kids, right? Yeah. So my friend Josh and I, we would have been 13 years old hanging out here watching this fucking thing. <laughs> and I, I just, I remember like, I loved it when it came out. I loved it because there was... It, it was the first horror movie I can remember seeing that had more than one layer going on about it. 
I, I remember I could I figured that out of my stupid thirteen year old brain that there I was like, wait a fucking minute. They're talking about more than just Jason slashing up this uh big titted bimbo's throat. Like there's something else going on here. Maybe and that's I, why it didn't do so well. Could be. Could be. Yeah, I mean, you know, what other horror movies came out in ninety four? Ninety-three, ninety-four. Um, in ninety-four specifically, I, I can hear typing, so that means we're looking it up. I'm looking that's it up. Not me. I can't type well, that in, fast. Interview with the vampire, and as we know, that's one of the scariest movies. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That's actually there's yeah. I actually did like New Nightmare. People that's shit on that one, but I think it is the. Is that the one where uh, it brings back Nancy and it's in the real world and in the movie world? Yeah, at the same it's time? Yep. very okay. meta horror. Hmm. Um, so so uh, the Puppet Masters with Donald Sutherland. <laughs> uh, the the Crow. That's that, considered a horror movie. That's that's a horror. Oh, Wolf. Yeah. Oh, Tim Wolf. Wow. Yeah, yeah, not a lot going on in 94, it looks like. so. Yeah, not a like, really deep-thinking uh, horror movie, right? Not a lot of good horror movies, it looks like, unfortunately. A little bit of the background. In the Mouth of Madness, 1994, written by Michael DeLuca, who wrote seven episodes of Freddy's Nightmares, by the way. And, uh, and he wrote uh, the F- Freddy's Dead. Mm-hmm. Wrote Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, one of the weirdest Nightmare on Elm Street movies, save for New Nightmare. Uh, then he went on to executive produce such films as Dark City. That's a great Magnolia. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's a good movie. I, I have like a, I almost like, well, maybe we'll get to it later, or maybe it's too much to talk about. I kind of get the feeling that, that this might have been Carpenter's Magnolia for trying to adapt Lovecraft a little bit, because then it's like a meta adaptation. But, but, but anyhow, there is a there is a caveat though about adapting Lovecraft because I, I mean we say that, and this is clearly like the most Lovecraftian thing. But the thing yeah. itself is like that's like you know you could say the same thing about it. Yeah, but, yeah, totally, totally. And yeah, but this one leans into Lovecraft. That where the thing, if if you're into Lovecraft, you can read that in. Otherwise, it's just something from out of space. Yeah, I mean, this one goes so far as to literally verbatim quote Lovecraft. So, <laughs> it's I mean, it's not being very uh, covert with its inspirations, uh, as well as Michael DeLuca's producing. Tim, you're gonna like this one. Cowboy Ninja Viking. Now, this is oh, going to be coming shit, that's soon. That's a little bit of everything, right? It does. And it's all about the government experimenting on a man with multiple personality disorder, turning him into a super soldier that has the skills of a cowboy, ninja, and Viking, and it's starring Chris Pratt. Wait a second. Hold on. Because, really, what are the skills of a cowboy that a ninja and a Viking wouldn't already have? Well, a Viking and a ninja can't shoot a gun. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, okay. once you bring guns Wait, into wh- it, fuck the Vikings and the ninjas. They're done. <laughs> Why can't they shoot a gun, though? I don't. How many Vikings do you know that are shooting guns, Dave? I don't know any Vikings, but... Uh, That's true, you, but, but I'm sure there were ninjas if, if, around if, when there was gunpowder. Here, you take right? a gun, you, you take a gun, you put it in a Viking's hand, you say, put this, pull this, and it makes the person you don't like go away. Yeah, hey, Olaf, say... point it and shoot <laughs> yeah. it. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty true. So I guess we can eliminate the cowboy with like a 15-minute... <laughs> 
training course. Uh, so Ninja and Viking, you think those two we can keep? That'd be a good matchup. I want to see that. Ninja versus Viking. Can we get rid of Chris Pratt also, or should we keep him? Only if he plays the ninja. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just cover his face up so that way his body double, stunt double, can do the whole movie. Yeah, and can we set it to the, the soundtrack can entirely be that song, I Want to Be Ninja? <laughs> uh, directed by the man, the myth, the legend, John Carpenter as the final of the three installments of the Apocalypse Trilogy, which also includes The Thing and Prince of Darkness. I mean, I think we kind of did the rounds about Carpenter. I don't think we need to talk too much about Carpenter. You know Carpenter. He's great. But do mm -hmm. you know his music? Do you know <laughs> Carpenter's music? Do you, I mean, you think you know Carpenter's music. I'm actually surprised that uh, he didn't get sued by Metallica for some of the music in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, he, he wanted them, and they said no. Mm. He but wanted Metallica? Yeah, he wanted to get Enter Sandman for the opening theme. For real? Wait, hold what? on. For, you're not fucking for real. Around. I'm not fucking around. Holy shit, because I was like, I'm expecting fucking Mario Rana to come walking all across my fucking TV screen right now. Yeah. And uh, they, they turned him down, so he said, well, fuck you then. I'm going to write my own, my own Enter wow. Sandman. He did a fucking Vanilla Ice on them. Hmm. It makes sense. But this time, though, he would be joined by Jim Lang to create the soundtrack. And, I mean, like, usually you're used to Carpenter with the very heavy synthy kind of soundtracks. And this mm -hmm. one's a little bit more, a uh, little rock and roll, you know? Um, I was, I actually just looked up Jim Lang um, mm -hmm. here, and, I, and uh, he is famous for uh, doing Hey Arnold. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's his stuff. And then I uh, don't see anything else here that I... He did another movie with John Carpenter called Body Bags, but I never, I never saw that. Oh, that, have you seen Body Bags? It's like this weird anthology kind of collection thing that doesn't work. It's, it's, it's not very good. So you think, I mean, how, how much involvement do you think Jim Lang actually had then? This is, I don't know, I guess He might maybe... have done the, the more um, orchestral stuff. Makes sense. Makes sense. So then... We get into the cast, starring Sam Neill, one of my favorites. Best known as Grant from the Jurassic Park series. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Weir in the insanely great Event Horizon. And most recently, Odin from the Thor series. <laughs> Wait. What? what? No, he's not in That's Anthony Thor. Hopkins. No, it's not. Odin yes, is Anthony Hopkins. No, Come hold on. on here. I don't watch those movies. <laughs> I was looking this up though. <laughs> I mean, Maybe he might be. He, he might be in Titans. <laughs> Let me Something see. Something like that, right? I, oh, you I know, know for sure that he's oh, not man. Odin in Thor. That's Anthony no, Hopkins. Guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> Did this? Okay. Fucking thing. Hold on here. Hold on. Pulling. He wasn't Thor Ragnarok. As it says, Odin actor cameo. What the fuck? Oh, weird. You're right. Hmm. Wow. Surprise, surprise. Wait a yeah, second. Yeah, he was oh, also... Wait. Oh, wait. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's the fucking scene with um, Jason Bourne in it, too. P pretending to be fucking Loki where they're doing the play. That must be when he was fucking Odin. Oh, right. oh god damn it. Stupid technicalities. 
fuck you, Internet Movie Database, and fuck me for not watching. No, the that's Thor good because movies. that way all three of us are right. That's true. We're all right then. Also that's starring, the you can three different people could find out that they're exactly right about the sub of a subject. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Also starring Julia Carmen playing Linda Stiles. Right. Yep. Started out early as Maria in the 1980 thriller Night of the Juggler. Not Night of the Juggalo, but Night of the Juggler. No, no, there were no Juggalos in 1980. They would have been fucking killed in 1980. Was that where the kill is like ripping out everybody's throat? <laughs> yeah, go for the juggler. Uh, Robert Butler directed that in Tim. It stars James Brolin. You should check it out, buddy. It, it sounds like it might be a fun one. It's also oh, got shit. Mandy Patinkin in it. Like, wow, yeah, heavy hitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also did uh, a bunch of TV shows, and then finally landed on Fright Night Part Two, playing Regina. So, got did a little bit of horror stuff. Sutter Kane. You want to talk about a real heavy hitter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jurgen Prochnow, star of Das Boot. He played Maxwell Dent in Beverly <sighs> That's Hills not Cop the movie Two. That we know him for, all right? No, it isn't. He was in Judge Dredd. And he he was Leto Atreides in Dune. Yes, yes. Yeah, but no, that's not his most famous role. That's not the role that he was born to play, right? But Dave, he is an official bloody buddy. He's been in another one of our episodes because he was Kirk in the Uva Bowl classic, House of the Dead. (laughs) This time his boat was on top of the water. Oh, I should see if I can get uh, Uva Bowl to call in and, and give us a, like, congratulations oh, on one shit. year. Come on. Come I on. bet he would. Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. For those of you who are new listeners, I don't know why, um, but you can go back into our previous catalog. We did a whole month in November, Bolvember, of uh, <laughs> all Uva Bowl movies all month long, and it's bookended by interviews with the man himself, Uva Bowl. But you only and get one for back. free. After that first interview, and came back a month later and finished it <laughs> He up. did. He did. Uh, but you can only get the second interview if you go to our uh, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bloody bits. So, so many massive names in this. We've got Dave Warner as Dr. Wren. He was in The Omen. Mm-hmm. Tron. Got his head cut off. That's how I remember. That, I remember that was the first <laughs> yep. time I ever saw him. It was a pretty bad head cut off effect, too, by the way. Go back and watch uh, it. I think I was like maybe seven or eight years old when I saw that in the movie theater with my grandmother and aunt, so it, it oh, worked for God. me. You, what's up with your grandma and your aunt taking you to the the worst movies? They just they they just went to see movies, and if it was like I was around, my sister was around, that was it. They weren't going to leave us at the house, so we went with them. That's how I told you. I saw that's Entertainment Part Two, the most horror, horrifying fucking movie I ever had to sit through as like a fucking nine year old. Yeah, that's not appropriate for a nine-year-old, Tim. They also took me to see Julia with Jane Fonda and Lynn Redgrave and Jason Robards. Well, that's okay. If anybody knows that movie or don't, look it up and just think about taking like a 10-year-old kid to see that movie. (laughs) Well, that's okay, Tim. I mean, (laughs) it was no The Entity, so... uh, That's true. (laughs) It's pretty good. He was also in Tron, Waxworks, and he was in Ice Cream Man. 
I know the movie, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's Clint Howard playing like a murderous ice cream man. The Listen to the Grime Bin episode instead of watching the movie. You'll be better off for it. There's a couple of other big actors in it. We'll, we'll get to their uh, names as they pop up, but I think we can start breaking the movie down if you guys are ready. I mean, yeah, it looks like I got another couple beers here. I can... Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it then. Be open on a printing press. <laughs> We're listening to, um, I don't know, I guess, Welcome in Sleep Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see that we're printing out the latest Sutter Kane book, Hobbs End Horror. On the back of it, it's teasing another book, In the Mouth of Madness. Uh-oh, it's already meta. The title in the fucking opening credits? Oh, you know what? I wonder... I wonder who did the art for those, because they are, it's a ringer for, like, the, whatever um, they were releasing, Lovecraft in the 90s, and they are just, like, you know, dead ringers for Lovecraft covers. Oh, oh yeah, really all is. those book covers look like something you would see going into Barnes & Noble and going into the horror section. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks like Pulp Horror, which, you know, I mean, that's kind of the aesthetic of Sutter Kane's work, and that's kind of what he gets called out for for creating so then we cut to an ambulance driving to a hospital We've oh got... this is the one and only note that i made okay because <laughs> uh yeah and, and it was uh that this is the uh toronto water processing plant that's used in every single movie as the mental hospital <laughs> i thought it looked familiar that makes mm -hmm. sense so we go to this mental hospital and we're immediately introduced to Dr. Sa Dr. Saperstein, who's played by John Glover of Gremlins 2 fame. Uh, <laughs> he gets a call because they're ready to admit their newest patient and a feisty John Trent, played by Sam Neill, gets drug in in a straitjacket. And I well, love... You don't, even, you don't even really see that it's him yet. You just see no, somebody getting dragged in, right? Yeah, yeah. You just see a guy getting dragged in. He's pissed off. He's not having a good day. You know? <laughs> Maybe he does kick an orderly in the balls during a fight. <laughs> and I love that, like, they drag him into his padded cell. They chuck mm -hmm. him in there. And he apologizes. Sorry about the balls, yeah. <laughs> well, I have yeah. a problem with the cell. It's a padded cell, so he doesn't hurt himself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a bucket there, which I am assuming that he's supposed to shit and piss in, but he could also fuck himself up pretty bad with a bucket, right? It looked like it was a plastic bucket. I mean, how much... Well, I guess you could cut yourself if you, mm. if you disassembled it. I mean, there's also a well, steel fill it door. Fill piss and drown yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Damn. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how hey, much how much. Hey, kids! You have, if you were right? just turning into bloody bits for the first time, uh, basically what you need to do is rip the plastic uh, down the center, and then uh, <clears throat> sometimes it's going to take a little while, but you have to file it off into a sharp point, and then find uh, find where it beats on your neck. Never mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or drown yourself in a bucket full of piss. <laughs> or drown or... yourself in piss. <laughs> As I was just about to say, I mean, that door is metal. That way they you could, could think it was an accidental, your uh, you're washing your hair and you died accidentally. <laughs> washing your hair in the piss. Well, I mean, I, they, are, they are supposed to be like paranoid schizophrenics in a, uh, in a mental hospital. 
Yeah. It's yeah. either that or the Ted Nugent way of convincing uh, the draft boy that you can't be uh, certified for the army, right? Yeah, just keep shitting your pants, and then when you go to the draft board, they're like, we're not going to let Mr. Uh, Brownie Pockets into the fucking army. <laughs> so yeah, he is shouting out from his padded cell that he's not insane, which is usually the best way to get let out of a mental hospital. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work for him because all of the other residents in their cells all start chiming in like, yeah, I'm not crazy either. As the camera... I think what you have to do is you have to say that you are crazy. Because crazy people never say that they're crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true, Tim. That's a good point. But the camera pans over a bunch of these cells, and in one of them is a cameo by Mr. Carpenter himself shouting that he's not crazy. Good eye. I didn't notice that. I I believe him. Not not Sam Neill, not John Trent. Um, I just call him Sam Neill because it's Sam Neill. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he doesn't even try to. Well, he only very rarely tries to hide his accent in this movie. So, um, but for Johnny Carpenter. So then we uh, we cut a Sapperson, and he's not digging the noise that they're all making, screaming from their cells because they're not insane. So, what does he do? Like it's the first time he's heard this shit, right? <laughs> no, this is not the first time because he has got his reaction fucking cocked and ready to go. He turns on the carpenters. <laughs> uh, it's a nice little Easter egg joke, right? Yeah, it is. Because he, he just turns the music on and it's the carpenters. We've only just begun. Which is perfect because it's the beginning of the movie. And I, I love that, that they cut to Sam Neill and he's protesting loudly. No, <laughs> no. I hate the fucking carpenters. <laughs> <laughs> and he just slides down the side I of think his that's cell. Proof right there that he's not insane. If he hates like, the carpenters. <laughs> he's like, ah, not the carpenters too. <laughs> but then the music stops. The power flickers. And someone knocks on his door. A shadow passes behind him. And he tells the shadow... Oh, this is a rotten way to, en to end it. And the shadow replies, this isn't the ending. You haven't read it yet. So now we cut to a bunch of quick cuts of violence, some weird building, some gooey monsters, a creepy kid. And we snap back to reality. A hand breaks through the window in the door. Saperson walks with Dr. Wren, who just showed up. And Dr. Wren asks about our boy, Sam Neill. It needs to be John. very clear, though. Um, the, the movie isn't saying that all that stuff just happens, right? No. Th this yeah, is it, all... It jumps around a little bit in time, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it, it, we're to believe it's maybe like a hallucination, a premonition. We don't know exactly what those well, flashes were. Here's a weird thing is because when David Warner shows up, the other guy says to him, it must be serious if... I think if you're coming or if they're sending you with everything that's going on right now. Yes. So I think that's kind of our first hint that this is not just something that's going on uh, locally. Yeah. So uh, David Warner, by the way, good in this role. He's good in everything. Of course. Uh, so he asks, like, what, what, how is John doing in here? Um and they refer to, is, is it possible that John might be one of them? One of the ones that are affected by something. Sapperson even comments on it. He says, yeah, it must be getting bad if you, if you were brought in here. And then 
Wren asks if there were any requests, which Saperson responds, yes, a single black crayon. So we go to his cell and we see what he's done with this single black crayon. He's, uh, I mean, it's not my style, personally. It's, it, it is my style. I do think it's that's, oh, it is? That's really cool. Yeah. But um, my wife was very clear to point out, though, um, that the fat, so, so the, it's padded walls, right? And his, and, and including his, like, hospital scrubs or whatever, you know, like, whatever the. Don't forget the know. bucket. <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to write with a crayon on those. I don't think you, you can you write could, on your face would, with a crayon. Right. It wouldn't look like that. I mean, you could do it if it was like charcoal or something like that, but not with a, not with a wax around. That's a good point. Or like that was very was... important to her. And she told me I needed to, to bring it up when I talked about the movie. Or if like so. it was a, a grease, uh, like an oil painting kind of thing. You could do that, but yeah. No, that's a good point. You couldn't with, with crayon. Yeah, I think you're fucking charcoals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't get any charcoal, though, so. I don't know. I guess he had to make do. He figured it out. He made it work. You know, he's dedicated. So Ren pops in there and says, hey, I'm here to get you out, buddy. Uh, and John's like, well, what do you mean get me out of here? I just redecorated. <laughs> so, so Ren's like, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you wanted to get out. There was a guard out there with a pair of swollen balls that could swear you wanted to get out. <laughs> don't worry. He's not going to do anything to you when lights are out. They really, they really like they really like pointing out that he kicked the guard in the balls. It's a pretty funny bit. I mean, it's a bit. It's good. It's it's John Carpenter does a lot of bits. All right, like you just he's having some fun with it. He's letting him breathe. You know, he's kicking ass. That's why Sam Neill agreed to do this movie. Exactly. Well, you know, it's in his contract. He gets to do one nut shot in every movie. I was just surprised we didn't hear the like dong from the WW or WWF versus NW or WCW versus NWO uh, N64 game when you would nut shot somebody. But nah, we, we didn't get the, that kind of comic relief. So Dr. Ren, he says, I want to I wanna hear about you, John. Why don't you tell me your story, buddy? What's, uh, what's going on with you, bro? So now we get the exposition dump that ends up being the movie. The movie, yeah. The movie. It turns out John was an insurance investigator. People would make claims. Maybe they were lying. And he would figure that out. I think, I think it's very clear from the starting scene when he's not, you know, crazy. Like, like, from the starting scene in this flashback when he's in that office with the, uh, you know, showing the guy the photographs and whatever. He's kind of a dick. He's not a real likable person. No, he's a bit of an asshole, you might say. Well, I think he's jaded, right? Yeah. He certainly has like a disdain for, for, for humanity, and we'll find out later. Uh, but he also kind of relishes in shitting on the, the guy. Because the guy basically like had a storage facility that caught on fire, and he's making an insurance claim, but it turns out that his wife, was wearing around some of the clothes that were in the storage facility that, that burned down. It is a pretty stupid-ass move, right? Yep. This is Robert De Niro telling everybody coming into the bar, I told you not to fucking splash any money around, right? Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but he's cheating on his wife, and the girl that he's cheating with is also wearing shit. And she's getting more of the shit, so you know, now, now you, your wife's going to be really pissed at you right now, right? Yeah. 
Not to mention, as he says, the wife was his partner, so she knew he was lying about it. All he had to do was uh, flash some pictures of the mistress, and there you go. Of course the wife turned on him. I thought a husband and wife couldn't testify against each other in court. They can't, but... This isn't you can court, do whatever you also. want. Oh, that's insurance true. investigation. Just, uh, yeah, that's right, insurance. We cut to later. Him and his buddy Robert are having lunch. Robert runs a big firm. He wants John to come work for him. John's like, I don't know. I'd rather just kind of do my own thing. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like a free spirit man. I don't want to work for you. He likes being 1099 and not W2. That's exactly. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, you know what? I think what it might be is he's a big, like, I'm not going to pay taxes guy. I think that could be it. Mm, makes sense. So you can tell with his very, very like American Southern sometimes accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He definitely strikes me as one Maybe of those. Maybe skipping the taxes in England. That's what it is, right? But, but so this is the, this is the worst case of wandering accent ever i've ever seen in a movie it's pretty uh, bad he's insane possibly so it's okay you know what though i, I might have actually i might know of a worse one <laughs> but it it does involve uh jean-claude van damme <laughs> oh, are you talking about street fighter <laughs> no no it's the one with him and wilford brimley where they were pretending yeah, that they were yeah. cajuns yeah Suffice to say that uh, Sam Neill's accent comes and goes. But you know what? It doesn't take you out of the movie. You're having a good time with him. No, you not know? at all. He's trying. Yeah, it's nothing jarring. I, I just had my wife, uh, Eloise, in my ear just talking about it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you were getting hints from Eloise? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like three people in the whole world got that joke. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have Eloise on the podcast next time, maybe. Do it. <laughs> She's way cooler than me. I'm down. So, well, okay, then she can't be on the show because she'll take it over. Then I'm out, and then <laughs> then what do I do with yeah, my? We're spare already time? trying to battle Candace back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Candace is is gunning for your seat, Tim. Uh, that's okay because uh, I'm a man. She's never going to take it away from me. That's a very good point. <laughs> So speaking of jarring, oh my God, all of a sudden there's a commotion across the street and this very tall man with a crazy fucking look in his face and an ax comes out, locks in on John and just starts walking right toward him. And right as John says, I'm my own man, no one pulls my strings. And you, you can see all of this through the the shot. I mean, the this actual cinematography in this movie is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, the way it's framed, it's it's really great. It's perfect. It's like from if you were the waiter at a booth and you can see out the window. That's what we have going on here. These two guys talking over coffee, and a, a hulk or a lumbering. I would say not hulking because he's kind of scrawny but tall. A lumbering maniac with an axe just walks up, and right as he says, no one pulls my strings, a massive axe just busts through the fucking window. The guy just leans in, looks over at John, and asks him, hey, do you read Sutter Kane? And we notice his eyes are striking, because it kind of holds on him for a moment. He has two irises, 
that are kind of conjoined in each eye. Mm-hmm. And they're both blue. Then a cop shoots his ass dead, which, like, I don't think cops can respond to actual crime that quickly. Well, maybe they... It's the diner. They're reading. That's true. Maybe they were at the diner. It takes a lot more for the cop to shoot. Because, I mean, he is a white guy, right? And the only thing that he's done <laughs> is probably killed a couple of people in the bookstore. Maybe one or two people on his way across the street. Smashed through a window and is trying to kill somebody with an axe. So, I'm sure... Yeah, it is, it is a very unjustified shooting. You're right. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Those, you know what? Those cops should be fired because all lives matter. So, oh my I'm just God. surprised they didn't try to talk him out of it. Yeah, exactly. They they should have brought in like a hostage negotiator, <laughs> and then and then gotten him uh, gotten him Burger King as they were. Oh uh, no! Come on, you're right there in the diner, right? And that's gonna be that diner food has to be better than any kind of fucking Burger King. That's true. That's true. They could get him an omelet, some scrambled eggs, uh, maybe some hash browns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bernie Casey and Sam Neill are eating there. Can't be that bad. Yeah, yeah. Give them a nice uh, Taylor ham roll. It's good to go. <laughs> so now we uh, cut to John. He kind of is like laughed at that, by the way, at, at the guy about to kill him with an axe, which is weird. But then he goes home and he's kind of watching the news. There's a bunch of riots going on because bookstores can't meet these demands for some book or whatever. I don't know. He doesn't give a fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, there's riots at the bookstore. I'm like, really? The last time I remember that happened was like Harry Potter. Yeah, that's a good... You never hear about a riot at a bookstore. You hear about a panic at a disco, but never a riot at a bookstore. I mean, there were... No, no, but he's right. There were people like lined up um, for, for the Harry Potter stuff and People will just drive by and spoil the last book for them. Oh, they, they, yes, I saw those videos, and it's fucked up, but it's still funny. It's, it's, it's funny. It's no, it's fun. funny. It's a mean thing to do, but it's just how angry people got. It's so angry. It's so well, funny. What's great about it is you don't even have to be right. You just have to like know the characters, right? And you're like, yeah. Voldemort is Harry's father. That's so- it. I'll okay. So I saw Star Wars Episode One right when it came out. I've not seen. I had not seen any other Star Wars movies. Well, that's the, the best one, though. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, are you talking about the Phantom Menace? No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Episode One, right? Jar Jar. Yeah. The whole thing. Oh, that's the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the very first Star Wars movie. <laughs> By the way, uh, we have a Star Wars connection in this movie. We'll get to that in a moment. But on the way out. There was a bunch of people in line still waiting to get in. And so I know a bunch of them, like maybe were friends or girlfriends of the people who were in to watch it. So I just said, Oh my God, I can't believe Obi Wan was Darth Vader this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And like, like five people got fucking pissed off. Well, that's only because they've never seen Star Wars like you did. Because if anybody saw any of the Star Wars, they know that's impossible. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, you know that there's a one-to-one connection between uh, the Phantom, the Phantom Menace, and uh, and this movie, and that is because uh, James Earl Jones actually plays the little kid later in the movie. Yes, he does. Yes. He does the voice for the little kid later on. <laughs> so now we cut to it's the next day. John's gonna go meet Mister Harglow, which is a hell of a last name. 
And Mr. Harglow. Just call him Moses. Just, just, yeah, well, I was gonna just call him Charlton Heston. We'll just call him Char- Charlie. So Charlton Heston. I'm not going to name what he's been in because you know him. He sucks a little bit because of his gun shit, but whatever. But he does ask if John's familiar with that company. I wonder if you can grab the gun out of his hand now. It's probably easy, right? <laughs> That's very I mean, cool. you got rigor mortis, right? So. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely cold, and it is definitely dead. So it's not soon enough. <clears throat> so he asks if John's familiar with their company, Arcane. And he also asks if John reads books, which is a weird question to ask, I guess. Right as Linda walks in, and Linda is apparently Kane's editor, and for some reason involved in this case. I don't know why. The, the writer and the editor, it's usually it's a pretty important combination to have, right? Yeah, I mean, for working together, for what's going on here, I don't know. So Because apparently the, the, the conceit is that Sutter Kane, the horror writer, has gone missing, and the last person to hear from him was his agent. Mm-hmm. And his agent, uh, the, the hearing from him, is that the agent got several chapters of his newest book, which John asks, like, well, what do you have to say about it? <laughs> and Charlton Heston's just like, well, you heard what he had to say. He came at you with a fucking axe when you were having a coffee. Like, oh, shit, that was him? Damn. And John says, well, if this guy can uh, outsell uh, Stephen King, you'd hope he could afford better representation. (laughs) Maybe that's why this movie didn't do too well, because it's kind of shit on Stephen King. In 1994, Stephen King had some fucking pull. I mean, it does shit on Stephen King, but like Carpenter and King were friends. They're... Yeah, but I mean, come on. I mean, the fucking name is exactly the same initials, SK, right? Uh... Well... Kane is with a C, but... but, Yeah. yeah. Okay, well. No, I I don't think that Stephen King would have cared. (laughs) No, I think Stephen King might have been... Well, it was 94. I don't think he was that coked out anymore. No, he wasn't wasn't that coked out. I mean, it's it's not maximum... It's it's not maximum overdrive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, at the 94, he started going downhill with the books. That's true. Yeah, maybe he was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, they like had concise endings, and they were only a few hundred pages by that point. <laughs> I'm just kidding; they were fine. <laughs> just uh... could he write a concise ending? I no, yeah, no. I get it. I mean, like, so Dave, you're you're you like? I'm DMing. a Stephen King fan, by the way. I'm, I'm... of course. You like DMing role playing games, right? You like being the person who writes the story, right? Yeah, I also like being the the character. I hardly ever get to do it anymore, though. So. It's hard to do. When when people learn that you can be the person who tells the story, it's like being the pretty girl. It's impossible. Most, I would imagine that's it's, the most important person to have, right? Yeah. yeah. Doing it, I'm doing it three times a week. Everybody now. can be a Viking ninja, but who can tell the story of them? Who can be a cowboy Viking ninja? But, so, I mean, Dave, you, you'll probably can feel that pain like sometimes it's so much fun building the world and creating the characters when you get to the part where you're like well i have to kill them all off or end it like that kind of sucks it uh, I, I mean so i've i've written stuff before it's not any good but um there's a very significant difference though between you know anything to do with like role-playing games and 
and fiction. Yeah. And that is that if if you're an author, you get to write what your characters are doing. Yeah, they're not Whereas, actively trying to torpedo your fucking story. Yeah, or just doing things that you would have never in a million years right. planned for. Yeah. That's true. You are in control of everybody in the story that you're writing. Oddly apropos. So Linda gets pissed off. And I'm going to call her Styles because everybody calls her Styles. So we'll just we'll go with that. And you know what? She's got good taste in clothes, so why not? True. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dresses for 1994. Frumpy. For 1994, but but I was nine, and I'm I'm 35, and I look at that, and if somebody wore what she wears in that movie now, you'd look at them a little funny. It was 95, though, man. Like, what were you wearing in 95? I don't know, like a starter jacket? <laughs> Fucking have any idea. Oh, that's true. Uh, starter jackets are pretty dope, so don't, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she gets a little bit butthurt because of his fun little joke. But then John follows her out, and he's like, look, man, it was just a joke, but, you know. And, it immediately starts sexually harassing her. <laughs> immediately. Oh, my God. Because she's like, look, we're not really in the fucking mood for jokes, by the way. And so he he just, like corners her as she's waiting for the fucking elevator which is a move i mean <laughs> uh it was it was watching it with mal you remember mal right yeah of course um he's doing well um if you haven't spoken to him uh, no, i haven't I, I didn't ask but whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> well no, we had to I'll explain we had to explain to him that in like 1993 1994 like it was different you know, it was bad. It oh, wasn't because yeah, he's was younger. Oh, my well, because the first thing he says, well, they didn't have like sexual harassment laws back then. We're like, no, they absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody paid attention to them. nobody paid attention to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we were watching it with Mal. We were doing a watch party last they... night. Okay. So the... you're doing a goddamn. So, uh, yeah, no, the, the sexual I invited harassment... you. I pinged you on the thing, dude. On what? On Discord. Oh, you have my old Discord name. You, you need to use my new Discord name. I lost oh, okay. like access to that account. I actually had to do some weird recovery shit so I could ping you today. But anyhow. Damn, I pinged you and Alyssa. What else have you fucking been blocked or kicked off of Twitter? And I wasn't Discord? kicked off of it or blocked. You got to stop hanging around those those alt-right websites. I'm telling you, man. I was just going to say, it's bad when you get fucking kicked off of Discord. <laughs> I haven't been kicked. Okay, I got... Suspended. Are you still on Gab? No, I was never on Gab. I got suspended from Twitter three times. I got um, what else? Oh, we yeah, we got our Blue Chew ads pulled. Uh, what? Yeah, why? Dave doesn't know this one. I don't. I don't know. So, Dave, we actually in, back in January got sponsored by um the fake dick pill thing, Blue Chew or whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they're like, well, we'll pay you to do an ad. So I was like, that's funny. Uh, so we did it. And so wait, hold on, Eddie. They reached out to you, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so then we did it. And then after the third one was recorded, the guy's like, oh shit, I guess I got to actually pay this guy or whatever. So he reaches out to me. He's like, can you give me the timestamps of all of the Blue Chew ads? I was like, yeah, this episode, this time, this time, and this time. Oh, Eddie. Oh my God. Okay. I got, I just got an idea. Next time, lie about the timestamps, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 
do the straight ad at like a minute and five, oh, and then like at eighteen minutes, <laughs> that's when we do the that's real we do the real reading. Ad. The meat of the ad. <laughs> so we did the the uh, ad. And I thought it was funny. Our shows are three hours long sometimes. You think some fucking executive is listening to the whole show to listen to no, what we talk about? No, of course not. Oh, you, I, you, did a, you did a come town with it? No, <laughs> it was a pretty fun ad. Like, but they, they said, he, I just got an email back from him that said, Eddie, that first ad, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, I guess we do wear blue on my show or whatever, but we're marked as explicit. Also, you're selling erection pills. I didn't say That's that. That's right. But... That you can't sell to people under eighteen in yes. most states. Yes, twenty-one yes. in some states. So what? Wait, do you really? Mean we're too blue. You can't be fucking thirteen years old and go buy a fucking pack of smokes and blue twos. Yeah, but blue, but it's a pill. Even if you're in Tennessee, like... you can't do that. But who's gonna do like who's gonna do that though? Are there are there thirteen year olds who are gonna buy Blue Chew? I don't. Okay, so they just said it was the overall theme of the ad. So I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry. So we. Well, got I think one... what it was, Eddie. I think it was a combination of us making fun of the fact that they wanted us as a bullet point that <laughs> yeah. you could take the Blue Chew pill on a full stomach, yeah, and still get an erection, which seems so stupid because it. It makes perfect sense because if you do edibles, don't you know? If you have a lot of food in your stomach and you do a couple of gummy bears, it takes longer to kick in, right? If you eat a gummy yeah. bear on an empty mm. stomach, it's kicking you really fast. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But it's still that that's such a stupid thing to oh, get wait, pissed. Oh wait, shit! So so you can go and like have Burger King, and then we fuck. said Arby's. Arby's. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> specifically about eating a bunch of Arby's. Oh, and then fucking. See, oh, this is bad for women, isn't it? Oh no. <laughs> and if you're in Boston, you can have some oh, clam yeah. chowder soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and pop a couple of blue chews. <laughs> I'm good to go, baby. It's fine. <laughs> so then I, I, I was like, I don't know what the problem is. So I'm like, okay, I've got one more to record. I'll record it straight for you. So and that somehow was worse. So you know me. Uh, what I did was I ended up I I took one of the iterations of the Mister Rogers Neighborhood theme song, and you read it like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I ended it with a song in the style of Mister Rogers. It was fine. There was no obscenity. There was no. Pro you don't and have to call your door. Oh, I'm sorry. Not a door. I meant your doctor. Maybe you want to talk to your door. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> really, so, it's funny. It was a million times worse than us talking about fucking coming Arby sauce. <laughs> okay, so maybe it was kind of bad, but according to the rules that they told me, it was fine. But then the guy just like stopped talking to me. <laughs> so I was like, you fucker. And then he never paid me. So I got pissed off at him and reached out to him. He gave me some excuse about how somebody in his family died so he couldn't pay me that month. You know what? Give that fucking stiff some blue chews. Okay? Get him up and back and walking again. <laughs> That's a good point, Dim, because uh, then you know what? You could wait, did he die from blue chews in a full stomach? That's what you should have said. <laughs> but because if you did that to his corpse, Tim, you couldn't close the coffin. <laughs> Am I right, sir? Because of his erection? No. So then 
I asked him, I was like, look, can you please pay me? And I tweeted at him and I actually responded to his pin tweet on his account. Like, why aren't you fucking paying me? I did my ads, bitch. Finally, he pays me. And so after he pays me, I was like, look, man, can you tell me what the problem honestly was? Because, and to your point, Dave, I, I actually cited the Come Town podcast. I was like, these guys fuck, they fuck around on the thing the whole time. They'll do an episode where it's they're just doing the fucking Bluetooth, Bluetooth yeah. ad. And it's fucking with the ads. So I was like, what's the problem? And the guy responded to me. To to his credit, he was it wasn't his choice, you know what I mean? Like he's just the messenger, unfortunately. Yeah. And the big problem was when <laughs> on the first ad, when I said you can talk to their doctors, I said it in a way that it sounded like I didn't believe that they were real doctors. Because, you know, <laughs> real doctors would just talk to people randomly on the internet, right? Yeah. Without actually seeing the person and just, like, talking on the internet and typing text messages. Like, uh, do you have any heart problems? No. Uh, do you have any problems with getting your dick hard? Yes. Okay, yeah. you got a prescription. And so I guess that was the problem when I said, you can go online right now and talk to Blue Chew's doctors about getting a prescription. <laughs> I guess they had a problem with that. Yeah, I can't believe it because all the other podcasts I listen to, and they all have fucking advertisements on. And I'm like, come on, man. We're not, we're not any fucking worse than those shows. Mm, I mean. We yeah. need Adam and Eve. We, we do. about cock rings, vibrators, and dildos, all that shit. Yeah, I'm fine with that shit. Sorry, you're too hardcore for our dildos. Anyhow, apparently the, uh, the yeah, the agent... <laughs> <laughs> uh, tried to kill him. So uh, we, we get the sexual Ooh, harassment of Linda. Do you have any plans to uh, do further Blue Chew ads on this? No. So Sam Neill takes a Blue Chew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Neill takes a Blue Chew. He corners <laughs> Styles. <laughs> Attempts to That's fucking... Right. See, if he took that straight up Viagra shit and he didn't get that knockoff cocksucking shit... He wouldn't be doing that. He would just have a happy erection. But he gets too close and his boner accidentally uh, pokes the uh, down button on the elevator. And then somebody from New York screams at him because he's not union and he's not allowed to operate the elevator. Uh, so now that he actually like gets in the fucking elevator with her, which is double crazy. And he tells her, like, look, man, this is all like got to be a joke. Like, literally, like, when you're watching, you know, everybody, you know, you all go to work, you all have your, you know, stuff, right? So you all have, you've, everyone's seen sexual harassment training videos and stuff like that. Yeah. He does that thing. He puts his hand on the wall and, and like, corners her like that, like, gets really close to her. He's way too close to her. Yeah, but Get I guarantee you, when people watching this, whenever this movie, whatever year that came out, of, nobody, that's not what people are really thinking. I mean, they were like, all right, yay, all right, maybe he's being a bit of a pest, but not like, look, at, he just cut her off. He's got, he got her fucking locked into a corner. You tell me he's being a sex pest. He's being the worst kind of pest. He's being an Eddie Deason pest. So no, wow, yeah, hold on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Has, uh, has he posted any more on Facebook since uh, that don't. last tirade? I don't know. I'm not following it because I feel like one day I'm going to have to kill him. On Minecraft. So now we figure out that Kane. <laughs> okay, so he's 
in the elevator with her tells her like look man i i have the feeling that this is all for publicity and uh styles like no it's not for publicity and also kane's work has like an effect on less mentally stable people and lately kane's been acting weird and saying that his his uh work his books have been true and not fiction right so then John's like, yeah, that's pretty cool, sweetheart. Why don't we uh, get all of his paperwork and uh, come on over to my place and review it? She's like, no, how about you just go read some of his books and uh, put your dick uh, into a deep freezer because you're being wow. a sex pest. So dejected on his way home, John uh, walks out with a fucking little thing of dry ice to put his nuts on. And he sees a poster that's hung up in a, the grossest alley. Did he buy he the had. book yet, or is this a li- little bit No, this is, he the... just bought whiskey. And he's walking okay. down, and he sees this poster for Hobbs and Horror, but I'm like, he's walking down the dirtiest alley that I've ever seen. Like, does he live at the end of the alley? Could he go around it? He lives in a really, he lives in a really nice house in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, he's just waiting. He's waiting for it to be gentrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, as soon as it's gentrified, the property value goes up. I'm going to sell it. I'll move up to Hobbs End. I could buy the entire fucking town. No problem. Now, so he picks at the poster a little bit and he hears a fight going on around the corner. So like any good person would do, he tries to get involved. Now, Tim. Yeah. You're walking down that alley. You hear that fight going on. You're going to go get involved, sir? Hell no. Uh, that's because my wife has beat into me over almost maybe like 20 years now is never get involved with anything like that because you're the motherfucker who ends up getting stabbed. Yeah, no thank you. Exactly. I'll end it like the end of Seinfeld where I end up getting locked up for not getting involved. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, just take my camera and make jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we actually, Tim, probably if we were there, that that would happen. We we'd be sitting there like riffing on him, getting in trouble. Yeah, but see, what's fucked up since it's me and you would be talking like eighty minutes after they already took him to the hospital. Yeah. Talking about. <laughs> what you do is you get your you get your cell phone out and you start taking a video. Mm. And they just... uh, yeah, so they know that you know they're being, you know, everything is 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 up on the internet now well i think what you have to do i think what you have to do with even better you have to step it up dave i think you have to tell them is that you're live streaming it instead mm. of just recording it or taking videos because if you're just taking a video of it then when they smash your hand and they knock your phone into the wall <laughs> it's done if it's live streaming it's up there until they smash your hand and take the phone away well i think the key is you need to really take a bluetooth first True. And then you yell world star and then it's cool. (laughs) Yo, officer, take a blue chew. Hey, have a blue. No, I'm just, I'm just saying like, like, you know, you shit your pants, you come towards a cop with an erection. I mean, you know, they're kind of, you know, it's one of those things that might back up from you. I'm just, it could be, or maybe it's that do the fucking Ted Nugent. (laughs) Or maybe it's that thin blue chew line. Uh, John. Oh boy. So later we get John uh, having a, a phone conversation with Robert. And he's like, yeah, this whole thing's a scam. It's stupid. It's probably cool. I'm going to go to the bookstore, though, and get a bunch of his books anyway. 
and I'm going to talk to some weird fucking nerdlinger that's got a bunch of scabs on his chin. And this dude is creepy as shit because he's walked right up to him, says, hey, dude, I got a... I, I'm I'm buying these books, these fucking crazy ass books. What's going on? And well, this is when he Scabby walks into Jim. the fucking wrecked fucking bookstore, right? Yeah, yeah, because people are rioting. They're all out of their fucking mind. Like, but the, he has like this, like thirty fucking shelves of this guy's fucking books. Right. There, that's way too many shelves of those books. No, I mean, no, no. See, Eddie, you don't understand. Back in the day, you, if you went to fucking Barnes and Noble or Borders or whatever the fucking bookstore around you. When Stephen King came out with a new book, he had fucking 10, 15 fucking shelves of the original book and then all the other books so you could buy them also. It was a different time back then. People read and bought books. That's true. Yeah. And people also like just hung out in Borders back when that was a thing. In Barnes and Noble, they you know hit the Starbucks or the Seattle's best, get a coffee, go See, I think thumbs that was through the, the bookstores. Once they started letting people hang out in the fucking store and read a book, or read a fucking magazine for the price of a cup of coffee. I think that was it. They fucked up. Yeah, they made it like a hang spot. They should have figured out a way to like monetize. You know what nowadays what it would be is you have to download an app to have internet access while you're in there. And that yeah. app is oh, mining. That's right. You'd have to use this fucking Barnes and Noble fucking app to get internet access. Yeah, and that and app steal is steal all the fucking information on your phone. That and that app also makes your phone mine Bitcoin while you're in there, and it goes to their wallet. Uh, someday somebody has to explain to me what the fuck Bitcoin actually is. It's uh, nothing. It's yeah. It's that's a, what I it, okay. It's a it's well, a. Well, I mean, Ponzi. money is nothing really when you think about it. Also, that's true. But it, Bitcoin is it's a cross between like a Ponzi scheme and a pump and dump. No, here's what I want to know: stock. Is how are Bitcoins made? That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I'm 52 years old. I don't know that much about Bitcoins and cryptocurrency. But when I hear like, oh, you, you use your computer to yes. mine Bitcoins. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Okay. So you're telling your computer's doing a complex instruction to get a string of characters. And if it does it faster than another computer, then you get a piece of a Bitcoin. And everybody competes. And that's it. So again, it's another thing where rich people are able to beat out poor people because you need a, be a better computer who's going to beat a regular computer? Well, that or hackers are able to um, install malware on people's computers that force their computers to mine the Bitcoin for them. And then they spread that out over tens wow. of thousands oh, or millions okay. of people. So yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, the rich... I'm like, if Amazon wanted to, they could actually just spin up enough virtual machines to mine out the Bitcoin and devalue it, but they just, it's too volatile of a market, so why would they do it? Anyhow, enough Bitcoin discussion. <laughs> John uh, gets told by Scabby Chin, yeah, you know, I see, I can see you, and, and he sees you, more importantly. So John it's like, oh, this, this kid smells of incel. I'm going to go home and read some books alone. So he does, and gets another call from his buddy Robert. Tells him, like, look, these are, like, just pulp horror things. The books are, like, all about slimy things in the dark. People go mad. They turn into monsters. But I don't know. There's something about them. They're, yeah, like, oddly good. compelling in a way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the way he describes things. Something like that. Now, this is the first jump scare. 
that I've seen of its kind. There are okay. jumps here going back to the like to the Exorcist movies in the eighties, as far as I know, and probably mm-hmm. before. Like I'm sure in the sixties and stuff, but um, executed in this particular way, I would say this is the uh, modern first modern jump scare. Okay, <laughs> do tell. Oh well, you know he uh, he falls asleep, right? Yeah, he so he falls asleep. While he's uh, after he's done talking to his buddy because he's reading, he kind of falls asleep, and we cut to a nightmare sequence where and it's he... the same thing. He's walking down the alley with the bag of booze in his hand. He looks at mm-hmm. the poster, picks at it a little bit, and he hears a fight again. But this time it's just the cop and the uh, one guy instead of all the yeah. see. What's the other thing with John Carpenter? He has a lot of fucking homeless people in his movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah, it's of his like... get down. It's very reminiscent to Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. And they live, right? Yes, 100%. They live with almost mm-hmm. entirely homeless people. Uh, and But the cop looks like a fucking Jacob's Ladder monster. He's got a lot of boils. He's not doing of... too good. Like, he could definitely use some sort of a cold cream or, or a mask he's, at least. He's got... Uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen face. <laughs> he's not looking great for sure, but there well, is a day graf- of the spa. Yeah, there, but there is graffiti on the wall that says "I can see." Well, no, in the original time when he first walks past, it just says "I" and then it says "C A," mm. and it's not filled in. Now, when he's going back to the dream, that's when it fills in with "I can see." Yes, yeah. So then he wakes up, reads a little bit more. And goes to sleep again, presumably, same scenario, but this time, in his nightmare, the axe dude is there. He pops up, looks at him, says, uh, hey, he sees you. Then a bunch of people pop up around him and cut him to bits with a fucking bunch of axes. Yeah, this is the agent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the same axe dude from before, Mr. Agent of uh, Sutter Kane. And and it's great because you get this cool, like, get another Jacob's Ladder monster girl who, like, picks a little piece of meat off of the axe and eats it. Mm-hmm. So then, Dave, I think this might be the jump scare you're talking about. Yeah. Which is that he wakes up again, and he's like, oh, man, this sucks. I've been fucked up. I'm sleeping. It's, ugh, I need to quit, like, reading. My pants. I pissed myself. Yeah, I'm at it. Pooped a little. Uh, he's still hard. I dreamt, still... dreamt I went to the bathroom. Yeah, he's still hard from the blue chew. He's still before. hard from the blue chew. His heart is palpitating. It's a problem. Might be the nightmare. Might be the blue chew. <laughs> Who knows? It might be the combination of just enough roast beef from Arby's, French fries, <laughs> and a vanilla chocolate milkshake together. Vanilla and, and chocolate. Chews. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> got himself some onion rings he's been dipping them in ranch no but it's see, like if he shitty did the ranch. onion rings it would be okay it was just that combination oh yeah the onion rings that's like a vegetable so it's like food <laughs> karma you're eating a vegetable mm-hmm. along with the other shit so it's okay that makes sense can't mix yeah. vegetables and a milkshake come on true true but then yeah so he wakes up and we get the i, I think you might be right with this one by the way dave he wakes up, he's like, ah, oh, shit, I, I 
Uh, too much blue chew, too many uh, uh, Arby's big and beefies. He looks over. The cop's just like chilling on the couch with him. <laughs> He's like, fuck. Wakes up again. And we're at how many wake-ups here? I have four? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but no, Dave is right. I don't think at this point, I think this is something that's like done a lot. I mean, the way it is now, it's like everything, it's a fucking dream inside of a dream, and it keeps you, going on and you on. You go and to on. a fucking romantic comedy movie, and Sandra Bullock is there when you wake up, and that's the jump scare, right? So. Yeah, that'd be a fucking jump scare. You No, I mean, maybe in Nightmare on Elm Street, you had a couple of the, like, I drove around the corner, then I also drove around the corner, then I also drove around the corner. Uh, it's done once. It's not done. Bang, bang, mm. bang. Yeah. Yeah. But you gotta see, like, one of those, um, what is it, James Wu, or what, what I, I forget his name. The guy who did all the Saw, or the, the first Saw movie. Yeah, Wan. James Wan, and uh, yeah, that's like every single other thing is like that exact jump scare. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like to think that like he was just hanging out with the cop. I'm sure. He, I'm sure James Wan is a very talented. Oh, you mean they like they were fucking smoking like bad lieutenant, and they were just yeah. tripping. That's what the guy looked like. <laughs> yeah, it was like bad lieutenant. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen the Harvey Keitel the first one, but. Wow. That second, that no, the Werner Herzog one is one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh yeah, with uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's also an incredible movie. But no, you really, really, really have to see the one with uh, Harvey <laughs> Keitel because you will never look at the '86 Mets the same way again. <laughs> I don't know. It's I hard though, to top the master. It's hard to top Cage. I because the the conceit of bad bad lieutenant port of call to uh, uh bad lieutenant to port of call New Orleans is that Werner Herzog never saw the first bad lieutenant. Oh, I believe he, it. Yes. Yeah. And it's just Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage. I don't know how else I could explain. In New Orleans during new, Katrina. During Katrina in New Orleans. <laughs> The two biggest events in American history, <laughs> when the Mets won the World Series in 86 and Katrina. What a what a setting, by the way. Have you seen the original Bad Lieutenant, Andy, or no? Yeah, I've seen the original. I haven't seen the sequel. I've seen oh, the original. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the first, the first one might be good. I don't know. I can't speak for it. But the second one is a Werner Herzog movie through well, and through. Isn't the nice. first one, uh, uh, who's the guy who did Miss, is it the guy who did Miss 45, uh, Abel Ferrar? What, what the fuck is his name? Everybody's head just exploded right now when I said that. Yeah, all of our listeners' heads are exploding currently. I'm pretty sure the guy who did Bad Lieutenant was the guy who did Miss 45. You know and, what's uh, funnier than looking it up is not looking up. So Abel Ferreira <laughs> Yeah, I'm not here. No, no, hold on. I started, I, like I started. Fr- I like your yeah. friend Dave because he's fucking typing like a mile a minute right now. He's going to tell us before I even get this drink done. One, uh, two, three, Dave. shots done. No, come on. Now Dave was just looking up a picture of... Abel um, Ferrara. Jilly, Abel Ferrara nude. He sees uh, Abel's asshole. Okay. No, actually, here he is doing a blue chew ad. He's doing a blue chew ad. His dick is hard. Bet you fucking Robin Burke can do a blue chew ad and get away with it. 
God damn it. Miss 45, King of New York, Bad there Lieutenant, and The Funeral. All right, oh, Tim. Oh, wow. See, there's three great fucking movies. Yep, yep. All right, Tim, you were right. So. Next February, guess what we're doing? What? Abel Fe- February. Abel? That doesn't, that's not even a pun, Tim. Close enough. How, how about April? April. Even better. Okay. God damn it. So, <laughs> yeah, he wakes back up and he's reading and taking notes and his pen leaks a little bit because he smudges uh, ink under his eyes so that he, uh, he looks like Jack Tatum from the old Oakland Raiders with the... Uh, and that's the, a fucking expensive pen that he has too. That looks like fucking is. mother of pearl. Yeah, yeah, it is a, a nice pen. But then, Tim, he notices something about these book covers. They all have these weird red outlines on the artwork. So what do you do? You just start cutting the covers off of books, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, I don't know how he figured out to piece them together. If Stephen <sighs> King if Stephen King did that, and just in his next ten books, because he's going to live forever, we know that already. In his next ten books, he created... So he didn't uh, have to fucking rush the end of the Dark Tower series, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> Tim's still salty um, about that. Oh, you have no idea. You have no fucking idea. I've read The Gunslinger. I really liked it. Uh, so I actually saw the movie of The Gunslinger when it, you know, a bit after. I thought it was, it was fine. It was fine. Whatever. Um, but anyway, in his next 10 books, if he made a map on his book covers, how, how soon would people figure it out? Pretty quickly. And I think that's what well, the, kind well, of the commentary well, of the movie. because you have the internet. Now, so yes, somebody would figure it out. Somebody would be able to, like, somebody would put like two or three pieces together. Then somebody else would uh, finish the whole map. But even if somebody did put the map together back then, those are the people who'd be reading the book and going mad to begin with, right? That's true. Yeah. They would be the people that were uh, going over, pouring over every word, scrutinizing it all, and trying to find a deeper meaning. Yeah. Almost like it's a Bible. But, yeah, so he cuts them out, puts them together, and it's a map. Not sure how we figured it out. It, he says whatever. New Hampshire, but it looks like the fucking map says Maine, right? Yeah, because it's he's based on Stephen King, so it's got to be Maine, but it but he the, says the, New Hampshire. the state is New Hampshire, yeah. Yeah. And, okay, so uh, this is going to drive me crazy. So his license plate says new york city he's supposed to be in in new york city Uh and they drive through the night to get to new hampshire it's a four or five hour drive at most well it's because they get they end up getting lost maybe six hours or maybe they banged no we didn't see that part right they didn't bang tim because he remember he tried to earlier and she wasn't having any of it but she will later i I don't think I don't think she ever bangs him. Well, she tries to bang him. She does try to bang him. Offer of it, right? To his yeah. credit, to his credit, mm-hmm. he does not. That's because true. Because he shouldn't in that situation. Well, I think what it is, I think we're selling this guy short. Uh, now she wants to, so <laughs> he doesn't want to anymore. Oh, so you're thinking, Tim? It's like sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama when the nerdlinger guy there wished for a hot broad to bang. And then she was too aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, no, not my wiener. You think it's yeah, one of those right. scenarios. It reminds me of like an old Twilight Zone episode. Is it because mm. he negged her in the car by doing the, the, the horn thing? 
Maybe. Oh, I love the yeah. Oh, wait. Thing. Hold on. We'll Thank get you, to Dave. That. Yeah. Hold the fuck on. Because they have like big red letters. This motherfucker has a clown horn? Or is that a fucking mic horn? Which so one we'll, is it? We'll get to that. So, yeah, he presents his findings to the publisher and they tell him, yeah, uh, we'll send. He says it sounds like horny, it's a bitch. <laughs> he says it sounds like a contest. And, and uh, Kurt. <sighs> so then Harglow tells him, all right, fine. It's not a contest, but if you want to be sure, go to the town, but you have to take the broad with you. So, oh, lots of him, cigarettes in this movie, too. He's so smoking constantly. It's he tries great. to smoke constantly, but he always gets told to put it out. Yeah. Like in almost every scene that he lights one up, because Linda uh, Stiles is like, no, nah, I don't do that in here. He puts it out in her coffee cup, which is comically in, in the Mouth of Madness coffee cup. Well, no, she offers the coffee cup to put it out, right? Yeah, yeah. And he does. <laughs> And John Carpenter to this day is a chain smoker. Mm. Wow. Adds up. Okay. Adds you, watch, 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 watch any interview with him, and you'll see that if that he will have something blowing smoke up from like underneath him because he will not go like a second without without a cigarette in his hand. <laughs> wait. So wait. There. You're gonna tell me, Dave, that there's like ten fucking PAs off camera. Who just smoking camels unfiltered and just like blowing it up in the air so he can breathe it in? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He's got like a uh, like a humidifier. The whole thing with the fog was all fucking cigarette smoke. Yeah, it's all it's it's oh, about why cigarettes are good for you, actually. Well, I uh, when I smoked, I was kind of a fucking chain smoker. I went through almost like about maybe two packs of cigarettes a day, but I wasn't smoking the whole cigarettes all the way down. I just always had a cigarette in my hand and always going. I, I'm just saying that he's what? He's like, um, he's in his 70s now, late 70s, Yeah, right? He can smoke as much as he wants at this point. Yeah, at this point, he's playing with the house's money. It's fine. Just do your thing. Don't change. If you're 70 and you're in, if you're 70, start doing smoking crack. <laughs> right? Whatever. At that point. Fuck it. At that point, fuck it. Do PCP. I'm. Who cares? I, I mean, S- wouldn't start- PCP be better than crack? Like, like do both. Less than less than crack. No, in, in that scale, is it crack or is it PCP, which is worse? Well, well PCP crack is just think it's fucking Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people um, kill each other on crack too, so I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's they don't have the money. He has the money for crack, right? Until he dies, he can't yeah, go start- through that much crack. Well. Maybe you can go th- through that much crack. Oh, crack is, is cheaper than PCP. John Carpenter's money with crack by no, 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 but, years old. But crack is cheaper than PCP. The cocaine uh, isn't, but crack is. You think so? I don't know. Last time I was scoring, <laughs> I don't know. Let me look it up. Pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Dave got arrested. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Show's over. I was doing nah. it for a podcast. <laughs> it was a bit. I swear, it was a bit. No, so. Uh, yeah, they they they're off on the road, and I, oh my god! Like you guys said, it's the funniest fucking. He's got a bit. Speaking of which, she falls asleep in the car, and instead of like a normal guy, like trying to touch her pussy or something, he reaches in. He, <laughs> he doesn't even do the Al Franken, right? Do the Al Franken first. Something. Just pretend to honk her tits or something. What? Something. <laughs> Just like rub on your penis until you get a little pre cum. Put that on the tip of your finger and then wipe it on her lips while she's asleep, like a normal person. Oh my person. fucking god, Eddie! Holy shit! Wow! <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fucked. Wow. But this fucking guy. Is crazy. He's wow. got a like a bike. When we do horn. the fucking grind bin meetup, I'm not gonna fucking drink anything that you give me. Just in case you fucking do that shit. 
This guy's insane. He's got like a bike horn. To be fair, Alyssa trusts him. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, and, she, and she's really cool. So, Tentatively, my wife does trust me. That's true. Well, I don't. After she hears that fucking comment. <laughs> So yeah, this creep has got a bike horn, and he just like waves it by your in, head. In his, oh, wait, in his hold glove on. compartment, bed, Eddie. He jerked off into that bike horn like three months ago, <laughs> and now it's crystallized, and that's why he's honking it in her face, right? Ah, okay. So she's getting a cum <laughs> crystal facial. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> Which, by the way, cum crystal facial is the name of my new experimental album. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on SoundCloud. Uh, <laughs> No, so he just wakes her up like less of a creep than you, Tim. That's disgusting, by the way. And yeah, that's more disgusting than fucking rubbing what, what pre-cum Tim's... on her lips. <laughs> Come on, man. Holy fucking shit. And How about then... just like, why does that have she, to be a thing? She wakes up the next day, she's like, I don't remember putting lip gloss on. What the fuck? Wait, she wakes up the next day, she's like, <laughs> but hold on. If, so, if somebody falls asleep in your car, like mm -hmm. this, like, why does this have to be a bit right now? Why, why don't you just wake them up like a normal person? Hey, excuse me. Like, John at least do the thing like people. you're screaming, like, oh, we're going to crash and then yeah. wake them up. That's better, right? So what's, yeah, yeah, exactly. What you do is you find a tow truck that's got another car facing back toward you and you pull up behind it and then just scream, oh my God, he's coming right for us. Look, I don't blame anybody who does that because if you have the combination of somebody sleeping yeah. in your car yeah. and then you're able to get behind a fucking tow truck that's fucking yeah. pulling like a truck behind it, yep. come on, you got to do but, it. But hold on, hold on. At that point, if you're driving around looking for a tow truck, all right, why not just have a fucking clown horn in your car? That's a good point. Exactly. Well, just you can just do a Mr. Glass from Unbreakable and just cause accidents and then just follow the fucking, <laughs> the fucking tow trucks around so you can get a laugh. Shitty, the shittiest Mr. Glass. It's all just for a bit. Like, oh, God. So now he wakes her up with this stupid fucking horn and she gets irate with him. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm sorry. I woke you up because we're lost. And she's yeah. like, yeah. Guys, wake up your girl. <laughs> yeah, they love that. Anybody, That's... not just guys, wake up your girl. Anybody who's sleeping with anybody right now, wake them up wake right them now up. by blowing a fucking horn in their face three <laughs> times to see what happens. It's it's a thing with women; they just love it. Yeah, they, they pretend they don't, but they actually they don't. Just well, you don't know what it. Me. You know it's what fine. it is? Is it scares them, and then they cling to you because you're there to protect them. So it's like win win, you know. That's the psychology behind being this kind of a fucking misfit. So yeah, no, Styles says like, look, of course we're fucking lost because there's no Hobbs End, you dumb shit. Like, what do you? And by the way, I'm gonna throw like a bag of chips at you and then start kicking the shit out of you like I should. In case it wasn't clear, by the way, he's so somebody who's been in the insurance industry. He's from the moment one, he's just trying to prove that this company is fucking with, with him so they can file a false claim. That's, that's, right. his, well, that's his idea. I think what it is, Dave, is if you only have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. already, I think he already told Moses that uh, most people are running some kind of bullshit scam, and the fun thing is trying to figure out what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when you run well, No, I, like, I think his job, I would love that job. 
right? I I think that Hell being a fucking yeah, come on, being a I'm claims fucking... a claims investigator would be the most fun job ever. I'm just saying, but he the way that he goes about it is he relishes so well, much. Well, hold on, you like... have to kind of sit in diapers for a while. Mm, yeah, yeah I would have to I would have to fucking intern with him, and I don't want to do that. Don't get me wrong. But, well, yeah, because he's wiping pre-cum on your lips while you're sleeping. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah, it's rough. That's so they rough. have this fun discussion, and we find out that our boy is a bit of a pessimist because in his line of work, he's busted people, even people that he knew, by the way. And well, I mean, you just, have to like, yeah, 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 no, like that's that's I mean, that's the gig, right? Yeah. But then he gets into this whole jag about like, well, you know, humans are really capable of anything. And if you just accept that, then it's cool because then you don't have any hope, which is good because the sooner we're all off of this planet, the better. I uh, see. That's kind of, I will agree with that. I'm kind of a pessimist because I always think that it's better to expect the worst thing that happens. And then when it does, you're not surprised. But when something good happens, you're really happy about it. Well, he was happy to wake her up with that fucking horn. Like, he's having a good time. Well, yeah, he's an around. optimist if he thinks that's going to work. I think, honestly, That's not he's... how you make women horny. No, Tim. No. You don't get what? that joke. No. Come on. You tested the soundboard. Where's the fucking rim shot? Uh, hold on. I think I've got it. Wait, no, hold on. Don't give me the rim shot. Give me the DeMarcus I've... Cousins. I've got oh, it right yeah. here. Shout no, it. I must I must be off my gourd because I just I just understood why that was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. But good on you for <laughs> noticing it. I get it. <laughs> so yeah, it's he's such a absurdist. I would say not a pessimist, right? Because he's beyond the point of thinking that everything is bad to the point where he's taking like enjoyment in it, which is that's a fun new level. I, to have. I don't mind the like the pessimism that's not the problem like mm -hmm. you know i think a certain amount of pessimism goes uh, just about like being human growing older and stuff like that you just become more of a realist about the world and you expect the worst from people yeah which might you know isn't great for your own psyche or whatever but who gives a shit all right um but like it, it's just him he's an asshole I, yeah, that has true. nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's very true. He's just an asshole, and she calls him out on it. But she also kind of says, "Well, do you know anybody who works in insurance who isn't?" Yes, I do. The people, <laughs> and I'm saying this because I was in sales, and so I can say, like, as as a salesman, and this is why I'm a terrible one. It requires a degree of optimism, especially if you're at least trying to convince yourself that this is the best product for somebody. And they are going to substantially improve their life by owning it. So, yeah, Styles calls him out, though, and says, you know what? You're starting to sound like Kane. And he's like, well, I mean, you would know, right? Aren't you the Kane lover? This is why I write erotica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Are you going to link to it later on in the show? No, what are you well, nuts? <laughs> when we get to plugs, that's what he's he's gonna plug is erotica. Yeah, I've got a link to you to my erotica <laughs> webpage, sure. Well, <laughs> I mean, speaking of erotica, she gets into some fun little philosophy real quick because she says, Look, the reason I like Kane's work is because I like to be scared. Right? To which John responds, like, how could you be scared of it because it's fake right like it's all a stupid book 
Like, it's not real. Yeah, see, asshole, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's never read a fucking book before. Yeah. And her response is, look, sure, it's not real from your point of view. And right now, reality shares your point of view. But what scares me about his work is what happens if reality shared his point of view. I mean, after all, reality is just what we tell each other it is. And if sane and insane switched places and you were the last person left, well, that'd be a pretty lonely place to be now, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I think it's that whole thing where it's like it's the majority who says what's sane and what's insane, right? And if everybody was Charlie Manson, that would be what was sane and everybody else would be insane. But if everybody was Charlie Manson, we wouldn't have a society in the first place. Like, well, that's that's true. I think this is also kind of like pointing out the whole history is written by the victors. So your very much what your reality is is what you're fed and what you accept. And I mean, and it's it's they live a, again. There's you know? a clear John Carpenter connection, but I want to point out the Michael DeLuca here because that's what's that's what's coming. This is Michael DeLuca's writing, and John Carpenter very clearly is like, yes, I love it. I love the questioning reality stuff. This is my my bag, but. Just watch Freddy's Dead. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot of driving at night, right? And we get that in Freddy's Dead as well. We get the fun driving and uh, getting lost because we just cut to Styles is doing a little bit of night driving, and she sees a kid on a bike. Creepiest fucking part of the whole movie for me. Really? Terrifying. Yeah. Well, why is not that the kid? Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to it soon, but just to see that fucking thing, you're driving on the fucking highway, and all of a sudden, in the fucking middle of the fucking night, in the middle of the fucking road, you see the fucking t- uh, the reflectors of the kid's fucking bike, right? Yeah. You pass him, right? Then they get the fucking rear shot of where he's got the fucking devil look to him because he's in a re- rear view mirror with a fucking uh, lights going. And yeah, then, fading it, fading into the darkness, right? That is a great shot, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then what? 30 seconds later, you see a fucking old man riding down the opposite way of the fucking highway, and he's the same fucking bike with the same fucking cars on it, the same clothes? I'm not saying it's not fucky. I'm just, uh, like, like as to why that in particular would be the one, like, the thing that stands out to you the most as the most scary. That was, in this whole movie, that's the thing that got me. Yeah, no. It's, it's I think it's the uncanny. It's the yeah. like, first of all, the kid's not supposed to be there. But then once we've established that the kid is there, now this dude that's trying to be the kid clearly is not supposed to fucking be there. Like, well, I mean, it's signaling it's like that it's like, like fucking time jump thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's signaling that it's a time loop or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so as you said, we then we see the uh, older guy in on the bike riding in the, in the same outfit. And then she nods off a little bit more, wakes up again, and this time she sees him just blow by, old again. But we get a closer look at his face, and his eyes are like fucking blank. He's not paying attention. Okay, cool. So she puts her glasses on, checks out the map, which, again, distracted driving kills. Uh, and it certainly almost does in this instance as she fucking looks up immediately to see the weird old monster guy 
just ram jam right into the front uh-huh. head on on the car. Slams on the brakes. He's not going to Six Flags this year. No, <laughs> he is not. Th- that that that's what the makeup the makeup is fine, but it it does definitely look like somebody in that kind of um realistic looking old person makeup. It still works though. It does. It, no, it's creepy. It's creepy shit. It's kind of bullshit, but it's still fucking creepy. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. Absolutely holds up. And so she gets out of the car. She's like, fuck. Goes over to look at this person that she just ran over. Sees the bike turned over, the wheels spinning, still ticking, the card that was in it. Two cards. The yeah, Joker yeah. and the... Joker. Uh, is it the King or the Jack? Weren't they both Jokers? One was the front and one was the back of the card that you could see? I could be wrong. I don't know. Oh, I didn't pay attention to that little fact. I was too distracted by the little boy's voice coming out of this fucking old guy laying on the ground saying, I can't get out. He won't let me get out. And I'm like, I don't need that voice coming from that body. That's not appropriate, Mr. Carpenter, please. That's that's so weird. Like, yeah, that's so weird that it, because that that you guys would find that se- sequence as like notable that um yeah no i'm just i'm just int- like intrigued well because we that. see so much horror uh hosting a horror podcast that like i don't know somebody getting their asshole ripped out and then it's wrapped around their neck and they're hung with it or or uh like i a- think i put this up with the thing the scene from lost highway where, yeah. Well, everything in Lost Highway is fucked. So well, don't no, get me. Where fucking like, uh, Beretta tells the motherfucker, like, I'm at your house right now. That's scary oh. as fuck. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Right? Like, that, holy that's shit. It's one of those things where it's not a jump scare. It's not a fucking monster. But just the whole fucking situation and that seeing that, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? So if you're driving down the fucking Las Vegas Strip, whatever, going from California uh, to Vegas, and you're on that fucking desert strip, and you see a fucking kid riding his bike, and you honestly, pass him, and honestly, then... I'm just gonna have to mind my own fucking business and not worry about this <laughs> bullshit. But three minutes later, you see another guy going the opposite direction with the same fucking old-fashioned bike because this is a bike from like 1950, right? Yeah, the, this that's is a an old ass Wait, win. Is it this fucking silver? Uh, silver from fucking it? Oh, fucking sh- <laughs> he was trying to outrun the devil and he fucking failed. That's fucked. I better speed up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Getting the fuck out of it. No, I, that's why I say I think it's the uncanny. I think it's because it strikes enough notes to be real and to to hit you because you can imagine yourself at a party. You can imagine some crazy motherfucker coming up to you, calling your house, no and then you eyebrows. hear him. And no, that, I would shit my pants. Like, that is a, that's David Lynch, but that, that's fucking legitimately terrifying to me. Yeah, and if you're driving down the road and you fucking ran a dude over on his bike, some crazy old dude, you go out and, and he's laying on the ground. And he talks in a little boy's fucking voice to you. The little boy. The voice you could imagine the first boy having. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It Maybe just, it's just because there, there doesn't seem to be any personal like danger to me. Yeah, I think, Dave, there. it's because you've ran over so many people. <laughs> I, I'm such a night. terrible driver. And I'm in Sacramento, so I'm just the worst, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're a <laughs> and I drive dad. horizontally down the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another hit rock. You're somehow worry, tumbling it's your car time. down the street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but then he fucking just like pops right up, smiles evil, gets mm-hmm. on the bike and rides off. And then that's when that's when John pops up and he's like, Hey, is uh that guy's cool? What's <laughs> such going a, on? He's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> he just sucks. He's not he helping. Sucks so hard. <laughs> he's such a prick. And this next scene is so funny too, because then she drives more and there's a storm, right? So, so she looks out the window and she sees that they're driving above the clouds. Well, I think there's something where you see like all the lines in the highway, they disappear, yeah. right? Or they turn yeah, to yeah. fire. Yeah, no, they, right? they, they, dis- they disappear, and so she, just, she looks like she's just driving oh, in pitch yeah. blackness. Yeah, oh, that's right, yeah, and she does the fucking dog thing. She looks out the fucking window, like she's going to be able to see the fucking lines after all that shit, right? Yeah. Dude, at some point, don't you just stop? Aren't the you just idea... Like, you know I'm done. The idea of driving in the complete dark and not and just not being able to see anything. Yeah. Like, your headlights just go, but you, they're not hitting anything. It's just dark. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Okay. Because you have no idea what's below you. So she looks below her and she sees that she's driving on sunshine. She's up in, in the stratosphere, driving around. No, you're walking. You're not driving. She's. I wouldn't be walking around. Oh, I hate here. that fucking song. <laughs> but then the, uh, the strikes of the lightning coincide with the flashes of light between the uh, wood planks of a covered bridge. It's morning, and she gets to the end of the uh, covered bridge. It's rhythmic kind of bumping of the planks below her. Uh, she runs stop. over Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah. They're in Madison County now. And uh, no. So. Now, where they film this part, I, I would have to say, like, you know, cutest town ever. I love yeah. this place. I was like, this is this is Wonderful. Americana at its best. This is what I would. Wonderful location. Uh, but she's not feeling it because she slams on the brakes, looks freaked out like you should, <laughs> gets out of the car or doesn't No, she didn't get out of the car at this point. She looks around and John wakes up. He's like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. I guess I must have slept all night. Like, oh, hey. shit. You found this. You found this imaginary place that we both up hey, to yeah. this point in the movie have agreed that it doesn't exist. You found Hobbs End. Thanks for uh, thanks for driving me here now, uh, old buddy, old pal. And she just looks like she should look completely. It looks like when she gets out of that car with that white dress, there should be a brown stain in the back yeah. of those pants, right? Just as freaked out as she should be, and she's like, you know what? Is she wearing I'm... a dress, or is it just? I, mean, I don't know if she puts it on later in the movie, but it's like, is this it's like she's a... wearing the white? She's wearing it's white and like white linen pants or something that are breezy. It's not a dress. It's mm. weird. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Her wardrobe this is weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. So it's fine. It's like, like 1994 film star. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. So she's like, you know what? I'm done driving. You fucking driving gets out of the car, and immediately I'm like, okay. Again, I I agree with her here. We're we're good. I'm not gonna fucking I'm not touching this car. Fuck off. And then yeah, we they get out, they walk around this dead Main Street America. And John's just being a prick. He's like, Oh, look at this antique shop. What do they even make the crap that's in the antique shop? I'm like, they don't make it. They're antiques. Was the name of that place Needful Things? Uh <laughs> could be. 
Was it? I didn't. I, I don't no, remember. It wasn't. Uh, it would then be all of a sudden we see this dog run by, and there's Cujo. All these, yeah, Cujo runs by, and then there's followed all these, by the kids from from the cornfield. All these children of the corn chase Cujo, uh, but otherwise we don't see anybody else in this village of the damned. Wrong reference. No one's around, but we do see an axe that is covered in blood and it's just out of their line of sight so they drive up to this hotel and john's like hey uh have you been here before styles how did you know about this hotel she's like oh yeah because it's in uh the book i read about it you also read about it but uh dave you say you're into hp lovecraft isn't pikmin a yeah. name from hp lovecraft mm-hmm. yes pikmin's okay. model yep yep oh, there you go mm-hmm. that's right so I mean we're we're uh I mean we're being very forward with our love for the craft here. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I know so, sometimes I say some crazy stupid shit, but oh man. <laughs> so I love that they're like pointing out it was Francis Bay and she's the sweetest old lady. Who I ever love lived. Francis Bay. By the way, if you watch Is the she credits, even the one from Crank Two? A crank? Uh, I don't think so. No, she's in. No. She's in the wedding singer. Oh, no, wait, no, that's no, not no, her. She's not the old. No, no, no. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but she's she's the she's the old lady in every '90s movie that ever existed. Yeah, so, she rules. And if you watch yeah. this to the end, when when they get to the credits, she's got the first credit. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is awesome. She was in Happy Gilmore. She was the grandma. So from wait, Happy right, that's right. That's right. Age? It's Happy Gilmore. That's right. No, they didn't do it by age, Tim. They did it by awesomeness. So she won. <laughs> she got top billing. She's uh, yeah, she's the most awesome. So it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the grandma from uh, Happy Gilmore who could never hurt a fly. That that that's the uh, woman working. She doesn't. Here. I turned to Eloise as we were watching, it and I'm saying, "This is going to be us in yeah. <laughs> thirty years." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I love that we've just got Styles pointing out like. Hey, you see, uh, there's the greenhouse over there. The villagers came and they saw some weird tentacle monster in there. And it wasn't raping a Japanese schoolgirl, but they were still disturbed by it. Uh, Then they get into the hotel and John's like, oh, there's, you know, uh, Mrs. Pickman, which apparently, like, you're trying to convince me this shit's real, but... That broad is harmless. There's no way she'd fucking hurt anybody. Like, what are you? Well, talking yeah, that's about? right. Because I think I think at this point he says in the book she chopped her husband up with an axe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look she at was her; a... she's a sweet old lady. Right, right. And Styles pointed it out, like, look, there's a loose board. There's a and painting. listen, guys, whoever's listening, like, this is a movie. It's not real. So Frances Bate is a really sweet old lady. Like, mm-hmm. you know. You Don't can enjoy worry. her. Uh, no, I want to look up on Wikipedia and find out what happened to her husband. <laughs> yeah. I think she's been married like 18 times. Uh, and they all died in mysterious circumstances. By the way, rest in peace, Francis Bay, who, who left us in the year of uh, 2011 uh, yep. at the young age of 92. Wow. So, hey, yeah. no, fuck that shit. That's a good age to go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's good for great. her. Uh, so. Give me 40 more fucking years, motherfucker. Let's see what oh, I look, She was married from 1946 to 2002. Hmm. Holy shit. So wait a second. She got divorced before she died? 
Yeah. No, yeah. he died. Her, she was oh. she was widowed. So he died in 2002. <laughs> That's what old people do. They die. He, I'm sorry. He died from. Uh, it looks like it says she claimed a thousand axes fell on him. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's right. a little usually weird. when they, it's the uh when the wife dies the husband dies within a year later but the wife when the husband dies the mm-hmm. wife lives like another 10 15 fucking years and the blue chew was worked right up until the end so we it, know it wasn't that <laughs> yeah at least he died doing what he loved no she, come on Her. she had viagra money between all the fucking happy gilmore residuals that's true with all the subway tie-ins that weren't with the pedophile guy I mean, come on. So, yeah, Styles is trying to convince him, like, look, this might be real. He's like, look, it's not real, because if it was real, I'd open up this window, and you'd see this big fucking crazy-ass church that's all black. It's got these big golden spires. Looks like it's in Russia. Yeah, it looks like it's a Byzantine-era church. The church scares the living shit out of me, by the way. Just in general, or this one specifically? Just in general. The idea that a church like that in a in a small um, you know americana you know up in new hampshire <clears throat> new england town that i don't know i don't know what it is that just freaks the live ever well yeah no because it's just i think what it is dave is that church doesn't belong anywhere except fucking saint petersburg right yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah and it's and it's weird because in petaluma um right near me is a church just like that and it's fine it doesn't freak me out but that church Are you in sure? particular I mean, I you know maybe I go. go there at midnight and see what happens. I'm not gonna do that, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... but it's a, it's but, a pretty fun gag though. But because... that church doesn't have an inscription on it that says like like don't enter or you'll be forever cursed, right? Etc. Yeah. Too bad most churches don't have that written on them. They should give everybody the real fucking heads up. That would yeah that would make a lot more sense. But I love the 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 fake out here. Because he's like, look, I'm not he opens... all the men. They're always all the boys. <laughs> That's a good point. So he opens up the window to prove there's no church there. And there isn't. There's some shitty barn. Styles is like, well, dummy. It was, it, it was facing east. So she opens up another window. And then there's the crazy church. So they're like, all right, well, there's this crazy church. We're looking for this dude. We should probably just go to the church for no reason. It's or, a very I pretty mean, church. It is pretty. But I don't know. So, so they drive over there. It's in Toronto. It's fine. They, uh, they see a bunch of kids chasing a dog again. Styles is paying attention to that. Uh-huh. Just like, look, man, we're wasting our time. Okay. Children of the Cujo. Yeah, the children of the Cujo were waiting for uh, uh, he who walks among the rows. And John's like, look, we're wasting our time here. We need to go around town. Ask there is about- a 1950s car in this movie. Oh, no, there is. Sorry. Different movie. <laughs> oh, shit. This is the <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 scene, isn't it? This is the Ghostbusters 2 scene. Yeah. <laughs> because there, he's like, look, we need to go ask about Kane. And she's like, oh, shit, there's an angry mob coming. We need to get out of here. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, there's an angry mob, but we need to not be in front of the church. He's like, what the they fuck have are guns. you? Yeah, they've got crazy guns. So all of a sudden, she's right. They get swarmed by a bunch of rednecks and fucking shitty trucks with their shotguns. I, and... would, I wouldn't go all the way to redneck. I'd say okay. small town. Townies. They're, they're, we'll call yeah, them townies. townies. Townies is a little better than redneck. Okay. You know, At the risk of insulting some people in the country. 
how far north do you have to be where you're no longer a redneck? No, I'm saying there can be rednecks anywhere in the, you know, in, in the country. But these people... It does people, get hot in Maine, that's true. But, the, but these people don't necessarily strike me as redneck. They're there for a reason. They're not there because they're just generally, you know, scared of, like... But they're being betrayed with pickup trucks and guns. And in movie language, as far and... as I know, that usually... That's not the guys from Manhattan driving up at your door, right? No, those are people in small towns. That's true. They're good old-fashioned salt-of-the-earth people. They're not like the, the fancy guys with their stretched limousines <laughs> and their Tommy guns. Oh, come on. Have you ever seen somebody sitting in a fucking li str stretched limousine shooting a fucking machine gun from the top of it? That's just pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I'll give you that. That's a good look. But that's not the kind of poll that they've got. <coughs> so, yeah, uh, the lead townie, we'll call them, pops out, and he's like, look, man, we got to ask about Kane here. Uh, hey, Kane, where's where's Johnny? I want my boy. Give me back my boy. And the actor is, is it Vigo? <laughs> it's Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. He say Viggo Mortensen has a very Vigo Ghostbusters two look. No, sure. it's the same. It's the same actor. It's the exact same actor with the same accent too. <laughs> so he's Is got it? a German fucking accent. Holy shit! You know what? You're right. God damn! I didn't even notice that. Good, good pull. So yeah, Vigo the Carpathian screams at him. Speaking of yeah, Ghostbusters Jenny reference. Boy. <laughs> Eighteen syllables in the word boy. Boy. <laughs> and we see Johnny because the door opens and there's this very disturbed looking young boy. Opens, closes, opens, closes, opens. And we finally see Cider Kane, who, uh, in a very Montgomery Burns fashion, uh, releases the hounds to chase off the townies. Do you, you right? run from dogs if you have guns? Or I'm sorry, at this point, you're showing uh, the people who are in this fucking town, right? They mm -hmm. know that there's something fucked up going on, right? Yes, sir. They could have shot the dogs. That's true. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am not a proponent of shooting dogs. Tim, noted but, dog shooter. But Go ahead. no, <laughs> no. But if somebody, if one is attacking you, sure. No, I prefer Molotov cocktails when I'm dealing yes. with dogs. Tim, dog shooter. I prefer chainsaw myself. I mean, <laughs> but if you're showing up at this place with guns, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you see what you just saw, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden, all the fucking Dobermans from fucking either the Daring Doberman Gang or the Omen show up. Okay. See, I'm saying if they were rednecks, the dogs would be dead. Well, yeah, one of just them... shoot those fucking dogs. They're Dobermans. Okay. Those are... There is no... I guarantee you, Eddie, there is no redneck who has a Doberman, right? Uh... A Doberman. Come on. No, probably not. That's like... That's like... It's a fucking Long Island dog. Like, yeah. like you know, mid-Long Island. We're not talking about Great Neck. But we're not talking yeah, about New York, them. Uh, maybe Chicago, but I these don't are, think that the fucking rednecks Tim, are having these are, fucking dope. Tim, mix. these are Kane's dogs. They're attacking the townies. And by the way, the first so townie... So shoot them. Come the on, first they're, townie they're does. devil dogs. Tim, the first townie does shoot the devil dog, and some of the cream filling comes out. No. So, <laughs> oh, shit. 
He does fire at one of the uh, one of the dogs, but there are too many dogs. They're I'm saying if they were dogs. rednecks, they would be much there more practiced. There are more with... dogs than there are guys with fucking guns with buckshot. Come on. Is and if they were dog. rednecks, they would be more practiced with their guns because they shoot at just about anything. Yeah. Right? And guess what? So My pickup truck beat your Doberman. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the dogs were black, so it wouldn't have been a problem for them. If it was like Jesus Dalmatians, oh, maybe Christ. they would be more conflicted. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no, for me, uh, Dalmatians are fucked up. They, they I would have yeah. no problem. Dobermans, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. have a problem with because they're doggy dogs, you know. But Dalmat, fuck Dalmatians. Yeah, fuckers. Unless they're in a yeah, fire hat, and then it's fine. I think of fucking cute. Dobermans who were cool and they robbed the fucking bank. Yeah, yeah. they're cool. Yeah, they're Dalmatians, awesome. hundred and one dollars, you know. F- I, the, the new movie. That's overpopulation. I'm, you know, it's one too many fucking Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> it's making a solid hundred. We're You're good. Getting cheeky. <laughs> getting cheeky. So, yeah, I mean, the townies get scared by the dogs. They run off, of course, because they're getting bitten by them. John and Styles they run to their car. And as they do, they see this creepy fucking little girl. Who just looks at him and says, "I see," and I'm like, "All right, well, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm leaving the town. Yep. Goodbye." <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> this yep. is. I need to bring that segment back. Yeah, because which is, some of those trucks get away, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What, what did they do? They just look, right now. They're in fucking Ohio. Yeah, exactly. They moved. I need to bring that segment back, Tim. I have it. The uh, uh, what was it? The Beyond the Door. One of those old episodes with the McCollum boys. Uh. It is the moment in the movie when I'm gone, when I'm oh. like, I'm going to tell my wife and kids I'm going to the supermarket okay, to get Eddie, some milk. Right now, uh, and then I never I return. Think maybe your most infamous episode is the entity. At what point are you gone in the entity? At what point am I going to become a ghost that rapes a woman? No. What? At what point? If you're if you're in the entity, what point do you move out of that fucking house? Oh. Even if you have to go into a fucking shelter. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, immediately, right? The minute that the ghost punches me, I'm out of there. Now, now, hold on, hold on, though. I, I do need to say, mm-hmm. bloody bits, okay, like, every horror movie is based on a premise that people would not do what they would actually do in real life. Okay. Uh, no, I think... Mostly, I'm with you. I think a you. lot of it is what is set up is, like, they're forced into staying in that situation. Because, like, look at the Amityville Horror. They can't move out because they just put all their fucking money, they're in a 30-year mortgage, so you don't move out of that house. And even in the Entity, I will give it to her. It's funny, divorced. though, that you, mention, that you mentioned the Amityville Horror, though, right? Because that's real. I mean, the, the, the fucking... What, what's in the movie isn't real, but it's... Quote, just based my, on... I just fucking popped open like I'm not no. drinking. Exactly <laughs> what happened in the movie is real. You're right, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a documentary filmed in real time. I'm sorry. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> killed his family. I can't believe a fucking Labrador Retriever got out of that fucking muck. Yeah. <laughs> so no, and and to be fair though, they do get into the car and they drive the fuck out of there. And when we get to the hotel, John's packing his shit up, and he's like, "I'm fucking pissed." You assholes, you never said that there was going to be a fucking mob coming after us. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go around town. Now that I know you hired all these actors, I'm going to go around town and I'm going to ask around. And somebody's going to spill the fucking beans, Yo, he thinks this is fucking the game by David Fincher, right? He does, yeah. It's the most dangerous game, though, because uh, they're hunting the No, because if this was real life, she would have 
fucking turned as soon as she saw the dude and and you know driving in the middle of the fucking night you know the kid yeah. on the thing and turning into an old you turn around what yeah i agree at that point that's the point where i'm fucking out of this movie okay you know what? <laughs> i'm gonna crash into a fucking cactus and end it all because this is some fucked up shit yeah <laughs> good point so, uh, no, he decides he's going to go into town. He's going to talk to the townies. He's going to figure out your publicity stunt. Stow's like, no, I think what we should probably do is go back to the church. Like, that's probably a good idea. And he's like, look, man, this, this is a hoax, okay? I know it's a hoax. You're full of shit. He's like, okay. It, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll tell you the truth right now. This is actually happening and the reason i know it is because this was supposed to be a hoax but all oh, that that this is the half a hoax thing right yeah this because... is the this is the real this is the beautiful chef's kiss of the con mm-hmm. when you let the mark think like hey you know yep. this is supposed to be a con but now i really fell in love with you and it's not really a con anymore can i have some more money tim you sound <laughs> like you've been burned no, not me. <laughs> I feel bad for you, and I'm I'm gonna drop it right now and never bring it up again. Because Styles says, "Look, this was supposed to be a hoax." Subconsciously, I'll keep bringing it up, though. <laughs> okay. Subconsciously, I will. Uh, I'll I'll still just feel bad for you. But so Kane apparently was supposed to go disappear as a publicity stunt, but he didn't show up to disappear. So Harglow sent her out with John. To make it look, you know, good, like, okay, we looked for it, and hey, we didn't find anything. But the problem is they did find something. And that's how she knows that this is real. Because they didn't stage any of this shit. He never showed up with his publicist. Yeah. His, yeah. sorry, his agent before. That was the thing, is that they had set up a hoax. Mm-hmm. That was the, the idea, but he never showed in the first place. Yeah. So. He just vanished of his own accord. He says, well, okay, that's that's great and all, but then none of the church, the, the weirdness that's going on with the fucking mob, I didn't, that wasn't in the book or anything, so how the fuck did you know about it? To which she responds, yeah, well, I mean, that was in the new book. Like, you haven't read it because it's not out yet. I know a little bit about it. Only her and the agent had yeah. seen the book. Yeah. And the agent's dead. Yeah, and so he asks... No, he's having fucking diner food with the cops right now. That's true, yeah. (laughs) He's out just having a moon moon over my hammy. Oh, that's right. I think the police just had a press conference that this guy just had a bad day. (laughs) He did, yeah. He had a bad day. They're going out and getting some BK. At at, at his court... Eddie, can you drop in that song? I don't know who fucking did it, but I think the thing is, so you had a bad day? So you had a bad day. Yep. Okay, hold on. I think I'll I'll, I'll pause the podcast right now. I'm going to in edit. Come on. look Post. it up real quick for you, Tim. No, because there's copy. No, come on. Dave can type faster than anybody. Type that shit in. 
Yeah, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> I can't type for shit, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> so uh I and I don't I don't get this move. He goes downstairs, right? Well yeah. He, I don't get what he's his move is like he's I'm gonna go like I'm I'm throwing a fit or whatever. He goes downstairs, he goes to, to talk to the lady that runs the joint. Yeah, this is when I made that remark to Eloise that uh, this is going to be us in 30 years. Yeah, because he goes and lights a cigarette and he, he runs into Mrs. Pickman. And she's like, hey, can you put that out? And he's like, all right, I guess. Why didn't he go outside? He could smoke a cigarette there. It's of not, course. no problem. <sighs> at, at that time, I don't think it was a problem smoking anywhere unless somebody said something. Yeah. No, I mean, you still, like, still, though, it's 1990, end of 93, beginning in 94, whatever. Right. You're still polite. You don't, like, just spark up in somebody's house. I mean, maybe you couldn't, like, the early 80s latest, that that would not be a problem to just start smoking somewhere. But this is a business, too. Like, I, I get it. He's paying to be there. It's a hotel. So unless there's a sign that says no smoking. Yeah. That's hey, true. You know in, what? You know what? Era? Yeah. I'd, I'd go back to it because. Fuck it. I like smoke. <laughs> but I'm just. I, I remember fucking taking a flight from New York to fucking Frankfurt in 1991. I was, I was sitting in the fucking smoking section. Great. Oh, they used to have smoking sections. Crazy. Oh, what a fucking pain in the ass it was because I had the only fucking empty seat in the smoking section. So everybody who was non smoking, who wanted to smoke a fucking cigarette, they kept waking me up like. Is okay if I sit here and smoke a cigarette? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. So, yeah, he uh, looks at the painting and says, Hey, uh, Mrs. Pickman, I like your uh, painting. By the way, my friend Styles told me that you painted it because she knows all about you and everything. And uh, there you go. Oh, well, yeah, the, this is the fucking painting that keeps changing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one that creeped Styles out initially because it was the people looking at the water and the girl turned and looked at her. So then Mrs. Pickman's like, well, I, I don't know about that painting. I didn't fucking paint. And you, you start getting, like, she's got a different demeanor. She looks In like she's been scene. doing fucking coke or crack yeah. all night. She looks like she's trying to hide something from her cop. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the uh, painting. Uh, why don't you go outside and have a cigarette, buddy? You remember the don't cigarette? Don't me. You wanted uh, get the fuck out of here. So, just acting shifty. And yeah, John asks her, like, have you been up all night? She's like, yeah, I've been uh, reading. I'm tweaking. Tweaking and then, on Twitter, yeah, and then <laughs> you just when I was ang- I was arguing with people on Twitter. She was twerking on OnlyFans, <laughs> yeah. and then the new Kane book is the best book ever. Yeah, and then you just hear like a under her, and she fucking just she kicks, kicks another fucking creepy fucking freaky scene, right? So good, so I mean, well done. Like I, I don't know, I read that as like utter comedy. I thought that was hilarious. Of course, it was comedy. Like it totally read as comedy, and because then she like puts her hand on the side of her face, and she's like, "There's nothing going on here, buddy. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about." And the fact that he's buying it once again, horror movie people not doing what they would in real life. Yeah. Well, Come on, look at this old lady. You you think that she's gonna have a fucking hand, handcuffed husband to a fucking ankle? No, no, but if some, but if, but if, if those same circumstances happen, I would peer over the fucking, the, uh, the, the, the counter. What if she's farting? 
What if she's fingering and, herself? Yeah. Now you're the no, queen. No, come on. See, come on. Uh, if she's fingering herself, you see smoke from the wood shavings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, he, he doesn't get that involved with it. Well, maybe she had a blue shoe, so she's good to go. That's <laughs> true. Blue Chew also oh, works for wait, women. Wait, she's got the husband handcuffed too, and he's like constantly feeding him Blue Chews? <laughs> Take your medicine, dear. Take your medicine, dear. I mean, I, I don't it, know. I, it, it's reverse it, cowboy time. It might no. just be me, but I thought that was very... That, that scene got me a little sweaty. got me a little hot, I gotta say. Yeah. The, the well, first... I'm just thinking, you know what? How fucking weak. Your, handcuff, your hand is handcuffed to her ankle. Just pull her fucking leg out of the socket and break a hip, right? Like a wishbone. And end the storm. No, because it's a consensual thing. Oh, okay. Eh, why is he making that sound then? Well, he, um, he has, why, he do, why do you think? I mean, that's why I'm saying it's going to be me and my wife. Wait, so we years. only saw one hand that was handcuffed. We didn't see what the yeah. other hand was doing, right? He it was, was upskirting his, her. He was whacking his fucking sour dick off. Is what was happening down there. <gasps> Looking at that old wasp. That's what I'm saying. It was really hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if I'm doing that at 80, I'm a happy guy. That's true. That's a very good point. At 80, again, you're playing uh, with the house of money. Can <laughs> help you at 80 years old, but fuck that shit. Go real and get the Viagra. Come on. Yeah. Don't go cheap. That's Don't go blind. She's worth it. Right? So... Then Styles runs out the door because she stole the keys. So, okay, that's cool. And then our our boy John leaves. And this is this is when we get the reveal, yeah, because the camera pans down and we see a naked old man handcuffed to her ankle. Which that's yeah, that's love, you know? If at that age you still <laughs> I love that he's it, fucking naked. That I mean really yeah. fucking like puts the fucking on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chef's kiss, of course. I'm just saying you could read that scene completely different. You could. You could. I'm with you. So John goes to the bar to drink alone, like a uh, regular, well-adjusted man does. And right about then, a townie shows up. Again. Johnny Boy. Yeah. See, I thought he went to the bar that there was going to be some waiter who spilled orange juice on him. Nope. So then he... I love, I love just letting it die on the vine. <laughs> That's just my favorite with you, Tim. Hey, if if I only get one of those an episode, it's okay. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. But the townie's like, "Look, man. Hey, are you?" He sees him taking notes. He's like, "Are you a writer?" He asks the townie. He's like, "No. Are you an actor?" Because you know, you and that old lady back at the hotel, you guys are good. Like central casting. Where are you guys from? Are you getting scale? What's going on here? The townie says, look, man, you should probably... Well, no, hold on. This is a regular fucking townie. He looks like a fucking ghost, right? He's got a fucking axe fucking scar right in the middle of his fucking face and all that shit. His hair's all fucked up. He goes the Carpathian. That's what I'm telling you. No, see, I... Oh, see, I'm thinking more like the fucking guy from, uh... Is it the first Pirates of the Caribbean? Who plays Orlando Bloom's father? Or the second one? Oh, about, yeah. You're not talking about Jeffrey Rush. Who isn't that was uh, Bootstrap Bill you're talking about. There you go. Yeah. Does kind of have that, that vibe about him, except he doesn't end up uh, on Jolly Roger's uh, ship with a scallop for a head. 
I mean, that, that ship seems... Yeah. Could happen, though. I mean, we didn't see this film out to... Oh, no, we did see this uh, his, his end result with his head and its shape. Yeah, so the town, he says, look, man, you should probably get the fuck out of town because what's going on here is not good, okay? You got Cain. He's fucking around with that church. Something's going on with all the children. I don't know what. Yeah, what could be wrong with the church and children? Nothing. <laughs> John Carpenter. Wait, can we find out? Did John Carpenter go to Catholic school? Yeah, he went to your Catholic school you went to, Tim. <laughs> MPB? Holy shit. I, I don't think this is a meta commentary on that. <laughs> yeah. I no. could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I could be wrong. But I could be. I mean, who knows? <laughs> no, she's at the church at night and the kids show up and now they're chasing a three legged dog. Yeah, what the fuck happened to this dog? Dog is really cute. I like that dog. The, the kids cut one of the dog's legs off. <sighs> wow. Fucking kids. Those cocksucking fucking kids. I hope those fucking Dobermans eat those fucking kids. I don't think they will, though. Like, they're like on Sutter Kane's side, too. Yeah, so. yeah. They're on the same team, Tim, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, like, like, like a, like a, I think it was a Labrador, right? Uh, I, see, if you read Stephen King. Evil always fucks itself up. That's why Stephen King is better than uh, Kane. Mm, that's true. Just like the end, uh, like I've said, of The Stand, where the hand of God uh, grabs a nuke and <laughs> throws it at Las Vegas. It wasn't the hand of God, it was Trash Can Man. Trash Can Man was driving the nuke, but the hand of God picked the nuke up from Trash Can Man's jalopy <laughs> Don't and fuck detonated with that it. book. No, no, like, Don't no, it was fuck him. He book. fucking humps the bomb or something like that at the end. No, I was talking about the, the miniseries, so. Oh, I don't care about the miniseries. <laughs> fuck that shit. shit. No, fuck that shit. Come on. The fucking book is untouchable. Yeah, yeah. like, like I'm fucking weeping at the end of the, at the, end of the stand because of uh, yep. what's-his-face and Nick. Uh, and you I, know like, what, Dave? Guess what? Fuck Eddie. Me and you are going to be new best friends. <laughs> you know what? That's fine, fuckers, because you're going to be dead first when Sutter Kane comes out, because I'm waiting until the movie comes out. You're fucked. <laughs> you're Enjoy. just going to be doing... Oh, you, you're waiting until the 4K? Be... Yep. You're just going to be doing, hey, 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 hey Kane, you want to... You got to check out this new stuff, man. It's called it's called Blue Chew? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing ads on a fucking horror podcast. I know podcast. you just got hit by a van, but guess what? <laughs> I'm doing ads on a horror podcast where I'm discussing the movie that came out that made the world crazy. I've never seen the movie. I've just like read the Internet Movie Database article on it. I'm like, yeah, so then uh, this happened, right? My sponsor is not getting uh, stabbed, by the way. So yeah, now, uh, now that the, the kids are fucking creepy as hell. Because she's talking to him, she's like, hey, what, why are you chasing a three-legged dog out next to a Byzantine church in the middle of the night? And the kids are like, I don't know, what are you doing here? And their faces are all fucked up, and They're one buck-faced, oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's right, they got fucking, like, fucked up zombie clown faces. Yeah, yeah. and the one's the little girl from earlier, and they're all like, uh, well, Oh, you're... that fucking bitch is a little fucking fire starter. Yeah, she certainly is. I would say though that if that in that situation it would be acceptable to start just shooting children. 
Just punching. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. of all, they're out past their fucking bedtime. So, you so know that's what? okay. Kill them. That's, if, no, no, no. If one kid out past their bedtime, I'm going to help them, them because maybe something's going on. Two kids? All right. Maybe still there's something going on. Three, four, five, six kids? No. Fuck these are the evil little fucking children of the corn. Yeah. No. Kill those kids. You're right, Tim. One with like part of their mouth ripped off and their fucking teeth showing in that. Yeah. Yeah, bloody and, and jaggedy. And so she's, they're like, oh, by the way, you're going to take care of us now because we live with you and you're our mom. Forever mommy. and ever and ever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, I guess it works out because she'd mentioned before that she can't have kids, right? That was a, no, it wasn't. I'm just making it up. Sorry. Did she? I was going to say. No, no, no. White, <laughs> is that why she's able to wear those white clothes all the time? No, I'm just oh. saying maybe something was cut. <laughs> maybe. And they tell her, you know, today is Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> and again, the, the creepy girl's got the, the cool blue eye thing going on with her bloody teeth. Oh, all the kids are fucking adorable in this. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. They are Just they're little <laughs> yeah. cuties, as Netflix would say. Oh, my oh, God. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying they're cute kids. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're into it. I get it. That's cool, man. Whatever. Tim wants to kill him, and you're down. Hey, dude, you can't even imply that. I'm a teacher. Hey, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm a teacher now. Who, I'm going to make better off in the jail than this motherfucker is. <laughs> so we cut to Styles, and she she just nopes the fuck out. She's like, nah, I'm, an, I'm done with this shit. I'm out of here. It runs mm-hmm. to the church. The same thing to do, right? Yeah. To the to the church, maybe the other way, maybe away. Yeah, no, away would be better. But she runs over to the church, and yeah, this is the this is when we see that ominous plaque. But she's under the spell at this point, though. Well, right? she's kind of under the spell, but she's she she'll be more under the spell in a moment. So we see the ominous plaque with the inscription: "Any who enter this unholy site, be damned." Forever, I and I know this because I have the exact same plaque in, on my uh, bedroom door. So on my bedroom door. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, you're welcome. That was honestly, I think that really made the episode. Okay, right let's there. try it the third time. Ready? <laughs> I have the exact same plaque, and uh, Tim, do you know where I have it at? <laughs> you won't even fucking entertain it. <laughs> do you know what I have the plaque at, Tim? About abandoning all hope, ye who enter here. Uh, it's your mother's ass, Tim, is where, <laughs> where I have it. Uh, so now she goes in oh, there and it's a cool. Out, didn't it's a cool. Tr- yeah, Tim <laughs> quit the podcast. The He's done. <laughs> He's probably taking a piss. So uh, <laughs> let's just talk shit about Tim for a minute here. I, I don't know the guy. Nah, that's cool. He's a good guy. He's he's, he's all right. Um, so we're, we she's walking through the church, and it's like a cool church where they have like cement pillars and a bunch of torches and stuff. It's a Hellraiser that, church. <laughs> the inside of it, at least, is a Hellraiser church. They do have a big inverted cross, and I think you're not supposed to have that in like a Jesus church. I think it's a satanic thing, but they crucified... I mean, I'm a Jew, so whatever. I don't know. But they crucified St. Peter upside down, right? Mm, so, so that's like, what that's for. Th- like they hung him by his ankles? 
No, they crucified him upside down. They nailed nails in his arms, but the cross was upside down. So he wasn't upside down, but the cross was. No, he was upside down on an upside down cross. Okay, but so then I like I said, his feet were up. So yeah, his feet were up. Okay, cool. Like it, like it's it's like crucified. Right. It's like being crucified, but just, it's more painful. I was just trying I th- to imagine. Well, yeah, because the blood's rushing to your head. Yeah, I was just trying to imagine that like his penis was then like sticking down, and he might have like you know how when you die you poop and and pee. Oh wait, did he fucking dribble all over his own chin? Yep. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> wait, that's wait, that's. I mean, poop is funny. Don't get me wrong, uh-huh. but like, I I don't know. I I just guess that's macabre. It doesn't seem funny. It's like a cruel thing to do to somebody. Huh? You know. Yeah, but then like he died, and then his name is Peter, and then he pissed in his face. So that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, welcome yes. back. Uh, we're talking hey, about taking the... Taking a piss. I, see, I, I told you. He was taking a piss. Tim, you missed a really good joke. So... <laughs> Eddie made what? the worst fucking joke. I, li- I listen to our show, so I will hear it. Don't worry. <laughs> and he said four fucking times waiting for you to comment so on what his I terrible joke. what I said was that there's this plaque on the outside of this uh, church. Uh-huh. And it says... Any who enter this unholy site be damned forever. Abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. Yes. Uh-huh. And I, I know this plaque because, Tim, I have it on my bedroom door. <laughs> See? It's a if good you put joke. it in fight, like, what you gotta do is put cricket. Crick. <laughs> Payback's a bitch, round the fucker, right? <laughs> fucking crickets in your in the sound effects right there. Oh, wait, yeah. How can you have a fucking rim shot? You have the fucking sound for Eddie the Axe, but we never hear any other fucking sound of sound effects from the soundboard. Where's the fucking crickets? Uh, hold on here. I have to tell the joke <laughs> over if I'm gonna do the crickets. Cricket sound. Or a fucking tumbleweed okay. going by. So I'm gonna, Which I'm one? gonna, I'll do the joke and then I'll do the cricket sound for you. Okay. <laughs> so when she gets to the church on the outside of it, there's this very ominous-looking plaque, right? And it uh-huh. says on the plaque. Any who enter this unholy site be damned forever. And here's the thing. I'm really familiar with this plaque because it's the plaque that I have hanging up on my bedroom door. See? Cricket, cricket, <laughs> cricket. What's that? Oh, cricket, I have to play cricket, the cricket sound. Cricket. Okay, so let's try it. You have again. a soundboard, right? Here's the yeah, problem. I okay, so I have to play the sound. Of course, he doesn't have the fucking cricket soundboard. No, I forgot. He has the fucking end of the axe, the fucking rim shot. In it. I don't think so, Tim. No, I. You know what? I got so lost in telling the joke, I forgot to hit the button. So let me try it one more time. So here's what happens: is she gets to this church. And the right? problem is every like he's telling it, and it gets funnier yeah. to me every time well, he tells the it. It's the it's the fucking comedy rule. The, outside, the more more you fucking say insane. <laughs> shit the funnier it gets up to a point where then when it stops but then if you you keep going and going and going it becomes funny again yeah you know what's insane though right is that the plaque on the outside of the church says because the church is like a place for hope but this one it actually says any who enter this unholy site i'm not gonna laugh be damned forever fuck you and you know what (laughs) do you know how i know that because Tell me I what, have, my arms are crossed, and I'm looking for I have that exact plaque, but it's hanging up 
on my bedroom door. <laughs> you bastard. You laughed, you fucker. It's good to the and the editor, right? <laughs> yeah, but you laughed. So anyhow, finally I got a laugh from that joke. Thank you. Uh, we... yeah, that's right. Two fucking bottles of sojo. When my wife finds out tomorrow that I drank both bottles of fucking sojo, she's going to be pissed at me. That, that got me to laugh. Okay. Do, do, do you think? Did you write that joke down, Eddie? Oh, hold on. You know what? That's a good. I, that's a good point. I should write it down. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write it down, and then uh, maybe later I'll I'll read it out to you guys. You can fact check me on the joke. All right. So now, see, I think what I we'll think what, what I've learned over doing all these podcasts is the ones that you write down are never the funny ones. The jokes. Well, yeah, I mean, look at my fucking King Kong and Godzilla joke, right? Oh, God, you fucking... Hey, tell... Speaking of good jokes, tell Dave your King Kong joke. All right, Dave, did you see King Kong and Godzilla, the new one? I've seen the new Godzilla. I haven't seen the um, King Kong with Jack Black. Okay, but you know the basic premise of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, they fight. (laughs) Okay, how great would it have been? Just think, if this was in the trailer, you would have seen this movie. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. If... At one point, you see Godzilla beating the shit out of King Kong and knocking him on his ass, which ha- happens in the movie, spoiler alert. And then, Godzilla sign languages, because he can't talk. He can only screech and do the nuclear blast. He signs, King Kong ain't got shit on me, and then walks away. I mean... <laughs> see, that's what you should do the cricket, you motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> No, that was a good joke, Tim. So <laughs> it it needs to be workshopped, but yeah. it's a good joke. Trust me. If it was King Kong, if it was King Kong who beat the shit out of Godzilla and then signed "King Kong ain't got shit on me," yeah, yeah but he's King Kong. That's the thing. No, it's it's a training day training day joke. You've never seen Training Day. I've training. seen Training Day. Okay. It's been it's been twenty years, or I think it was what is it two thousand one, two thousand two. It's still it's a, it was joke. <laughs> but what's funny is that the plaque says, "Any who enter this unholy." <laughs> so no, she goes in Holy the front shit. door. <laughs> the more you say it, the more it is funny. So right, I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm sticking with that fucking King Kong joke. And if, you, if you say it twenty five fucking more times, I'll laugh. I mean, okay. <laughs> So then she goes in though, and she opens this this uh, the, she finds the wow. Crypt. Goebbels is right about jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she she walks across the the church, and she finds the entry door to the crypt keeper's house, and she opens that up, and then there's just a typewriter and some papers. So she closes it. She's like, ah, there's nothing over there, but then she hears typing, and then she. Uh, opens the door again, and this time there's Mr. Kane, and he's typing away. But but the background looks like some weird, like amber tribal tattoo that somebody uh, has. I guess this yes, is what I like meant. That, yeah, Th- this is kind of what I meant when I said it was like a Hellraiser church. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is when it's totally a Hellraiser church. Because then you know she walks in there, and he's like, "Oh hey, you know, uh, come on in, have a seat." Uh, Hey, guess what? You're going to edit the book from the inside. Yeah, yeah, I have that line, Tim. That's fucking great. He's like, you can finally, you know, edit it from the inside. And Which, hold on, hold on a second, hold on. I think I'm going to bust this whole fucking movie apart. She's the editor, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Presumably, yeah. She is the one who completely has control over what this fucking book and manuscript is, right? Assuming she exists. Well, uh, wait, hold on. If he's as big as Stephen King, he probably has final cut, final set. But in a way, she's the editor, right? So she could cut what but she wants. To 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 Dave's point, we'll find out she doesn't exist. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, you're you're okay. But whatever. incels, listen up. Like, watch this movie. Don't don't watch John Trent or whatever the fuck his name. Sam Neill. Don't want. Don't listen to him. But how Sutter Kane behaves with her. Okay, like when you go to your your incel like um, pickup artist stuff and you pay your six hundred dollars to go for a weekend and listen to this asshole in a hotel room or something. Um, don't just watch in the mouth Only of madness 600. and watch. Holy shit! Wait, hold on. <laughs> and watch Sutter Kane with with the lady, and that's what they want you to do. It's still creepy, but it's yeah. He does a pretty good job because he does. He, he does. Yeah. He says, "Look, it's funny because like all these books that I wrote, I thought I wrote them, but in reality, I didn't write them. They told me what to write." And he looks at the like pulsating door that we all have in the back of our church thing. It's all slimy and and writhing and well. I mean, are we still are we still maintaining this is in a quote church? No, this is a this is happening in a space out of time, right? This is this is a hell dimension, effectively. She's she's transferred into quote unquote. Well, she's in the story no, right now. Right? I can't. I, yeah, the problem is I can't say anything until the reveal is okay. Anyway, go. Yeah. So uh, then. He says, yeah, you know those horrible, gross, slimy things? Well, it turns out they're all trying to get back into us, and and they're all real. So what we need to do is we need you to read the book real quick, okay? I swear you're barely going to feel it. All you got to do, just I'll hold your hair back, right? And I'll I'll force your head down (laughs) onto the book, and uh, then you're just going to be bleeding out of your eyeballs real quick. But but guys, okay, back of the head, you push, you don't pull. If you pull, it's gonna hurt her hair. Okay, yes. I'm just push, don't pull. And so she uh she reads the book and we see flashes of the movie that we're watching, including some scenes we haven't seen of That's squirmy right, yes. things. Past and, and present and future. Yeah. yeah. And then she she's you know, stands up and her eyeballs are bleeding little tears of blood. And he says, hey, so uh, do you like the ending that I wrote, by the way? And this works. She is DTF at this point. She goes in to give him a kiss, but kind of gets like hand squishy distracted by the back quado he's got going on. <sighs> on the yeah, back of his the neck. What the fuck is up with that? Yes. Because this is this is their set. This is them using their budget in terms yeah. of prosthetics to just be weird. So the idea is that like one half of him it might be one of these weird, uh, again Jacob's ladder monster, Lovecraftian, tumorous, weird monsters, right? Like a Shogoth style thing, but it's like half him, right? That, like this is the problem is that I. I can't really interject without adding. No, go for it. The, just just the, no. I'm, I'm no. I'm not going to. I got. You have no, to get do it. the reveal Look, first. At this point, we're what? Do it now. Uh, two and a half hours, two forty-five into the show. Yeah, we're uh, good. It's okay. Yeah, sure. 
All right. Well, in case, all right, in case it wasn't clear, right? The entire movie is taking place inside of Sutter Kane's book. Yes. Okay. So when he says, you know, they won't let me, and he points to the door in the church that's, you know, a writhing door that's pounding, right? What is that? That's the writer's unconscious. That's what he's talking about. It's yes. these things that are causing this this stuff to come Again, up. Again, a and... very Stephen King theme, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and uh but but at that point, like it's just like at this point now we know that it's in his in the writer's book in the first place. Like you could put anything you fucking want in there. Mm-hmm. Because it's, because we know it's just okay, this is the writer trying to scare the audience. Yeah. So so when she reaches back and she touches his head and it's all weird, you know, at this once you figured out that that point, which you you know, you're watching the movie, it's it's revealed already, basically, I think. Uh, she touches the back of his head. You're like, oh, yeah, this is him just like jizzing all over the page right now. Yeah, exactly. So then we we cut back to the hotel and John's bored, right? He's like, ah, I, don't know, I guess I'll go out and uh, bug Mrs. Pickman again or something. He opens the door and immediately Styles jumps on him. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm. I need some fucking help. I'm losing oh, we myself. Didn't, we didn't talk. No, because he was still at the bar. No, the and shooting the, himself in the head thing is happening a little bit later. Are we right? sure about that? Yes, I am, because it happens when he's fleeing the town. Okay, huh. so now I'm lost. I'm looking at my notes. I have like a big fucking red letter joke written down. But that's okay. So no, no. It, I mean, we're, we're almost there, right? Because this is when he... Uh, so he goes back to the bar later? Yes, he does. Yeah, because at a point I have written down okay. back to the bar, but that's where I have my joke written down about mm-hmm. Octo Grandma. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> See, what I have, Octo Grandma, we're almost there too. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, so, yeah, oh okay. John okay, runs I down just... to the. <laughs> yeah. no, I, John okay. goes down to the We're lobby, on the same page. <laughs> and, uh, Look, no... the movie's jumping back and forth in time, so we can do the same thing too, yeah. right? Yeah. So this, yeah, we're getting to Octogramma because this is when John runs down to the lobby. There's no Mrs. Pickman, but now the painting has a bunch of mangled, root mess-looking people that are no longer human in it. We hear some screams, and this is, yeah, we get the reveal. John runs down into the basement and sees Mrs. Pickman, the tentacle beast, chopping the shit out of her husband. Oh, that's right, Octogramma, and that's why I have it right now. Okay. Octogramma. And she's got a so, big bunch of, uh, like, you know... HVAC stuff attached to her that makes her, yeah, turns her into Octogramma. It's yeah. a cool shot. It's, it's once again, it looks really good. Fantastic. Yeah. It, Is there any shot in John Carpenter movie that doesn't look good? With no, it's like it's they're all they're all really good shots. Like yeah. that's what he's fucking great at. Mm-hmm. He's got an eye for it because the next shot I fucking love. It's when he runs up. He's like, "Fuck this!" Runs up stairs to get the keys because he's going to get the fuck out of oh Dodge. from the top oh, right when it's at the fucking looking bitch. looking down on the, on the room right no it's when he is in the room with styles oh and, and she's in the other going, room yeah yes and she's in the other room and her back is turned and you can just see through the frosted glass the outline of her and these crazy fucked tentacles like flying outside of her body underneath the door then they all get sucked into her real quick and he she turns around she opens the door and looks insane 
right? The smile she's got yeah. is fucking crazy. Yeah, at this point, she is fucking completely uh, less scared Jessica to death. Yeah. And she throws his ass through the door. He falls on the ground, gets up, runs off, gets in the car. And this is when he goes to the bar because he goes to town Wait, hold and on. sees. Is this where she does something with the keys? We're coming up on that oh, almost no. immediately. Almost, yeah. Because okay. in the middle of the town, we see all these kids playing Ring Around the Rosie with Styles, telling her that she's a dead girl. Then he goes into the bar. And it's the scene you've been wanting to talk about. <laughs> I'm just saying he missed an opportunity here because they're okay. because the way that he shoots it is is they don't shoot show the guy's head being blown off, which is tasteful. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think this is a point for taste. All right, I think this is a point to you know you're at the you're at your almost climax of the movie. Come on, show you know yeah. take the watermelon, blow the shoot the shoot the watermelon with a shotgun. I want. But yeah. does he really do that? Besides maybe the thing where he really gets in like the fucking body horror of it. Most of his movies, it's just the suggestion, the thought of what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. I'm just saying like like okay, it's John Carpenter. Mm. He could fucking do that in his backyard, and it would look great, yeah. right? He would know how to shoot. <laughs> I guess Assault on Precinct 13, but that's pre the thing, right? Yeah. From his last, like, being super in your face and graphic. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I, you know what? I'm with you, Dave. He should have gone full Bud Dwyer on this scene. But they didn't. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, Are you going to put a link into the show on that video? N- no. Uh, watch Faces of Death. Realize uh, no, that 80% do not, of its fate. Do not ever watch Faces of Death. No. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, don't watch Faces I wasn't of okay, Death. okay. <laughs> it's all fake, except for Bud <laughs> Dwyer. That's real. Um, so, yeah, he, 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 the, the townie guy, though, he's got this great line. He's like, look, man, I don't remember what happened, what came first, us or the book. And John's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? What, you know that's not reality. And he says, yeah, well, reality ain't what it used to be, Pop. See, uh, my face got bit in half. That was my five-year-old. Uh, by the way, the five-year-old did in my wife. So I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, you know, prop the shotgun under my head. That's and... her fucking sister up with an axe. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and prop the shotgun under my head. And John's like, man, you got to not do that because you'll probably die. <laughs> and he says, well, I have to. He wrote me this way. And we get the head blown off. Yeah, and, and you just see, like, the way that the shot is composed is it, it just shoots, uh, the, the, um, it, it shows him holding the shotgun and pulling the trigger and then going limp. But you don't see his head exploding. What I'm saying is that would have been a perfect opportunity Don't with the head, head exploding. Split. Go yeah. with the head, ex- yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's I'm the, with that's the only disappointing thing about this movie. Okay, fair point. <laughs> I love this. He goes to walk out of the bar, right? Styles just shows up and punches him. And then finally, he's like, you know what? Fuck you, too. Punches her back. <laughs> Knocks her ass out, chucks her in the car. And Tim, this is the scene with the keys you're talking about. I mean, I would, say, like, I would say, though, that the violence against women in this, is, in this particular scene would be justified. Mm-hmm. You, can, in the, like, you could hit a woman who has like supernatural strength and just hit you in the face. Yes, and you know what? This meets my bar of resistance between punching women. Once the bitches have fucking supernatural powers, all bets are off. Yeah. I would yeah. punch the shit out of Wonder Woman. You throw a left hook or you throw a bucket of water. Whatever works. 
<laughs> apropos of nothing, you would punch the shit out of Wonder Woman. Well, she has supernatural <laughs> powers, right? Dude, Superman punched her. Superman headbutted her, and he gave himself a fucking headache. Just ordinary Eddie on the street yeah. sees Wonder Look. Woman, makes a beeline towards well, her. No, hey, wait, hold bitch. on, Dave. I don't know if you know this, but I think Eddie might have a stronger head than Superman. I'm, yeah, I might be able to headbutt her and knock her ass out. <laughs> so, Tim, what what woman uh, superhero would you want to beat the shit out of? Uh, the Invisible Woman, because if you can fucking land a couple of shots on her, you fucking earned it. Yeah, not to mention, if she went and complained to the police, they'd be like, I don't see any bruises. That's right. I see. <laughs> so, Dave, which superhero woman do you want to beat the shit out of? None. The nun? That's a hero? Or... Yeah, yeah. The no, nun. that's from The Conjuring. No, from the, the nun from The Conjuring. That's what I want. Okay. <laughs> I think she had superpowers, so that's fucked up. <laughs> I, we yeah, were just talking about powers, right? Listen, if you appear to me in a mirror when I'm, like, brushing my teeth and then I spit mm-hmm. and I look up and you're behind me in the mirror, I don't care what gender you are. You're getting fucking punched in the face. Okay, so That's I'm going to make yeah. sure to I'm gonna make sure to tell your, your wife not to walk up behind you when I you're brushing your teeth. I would hear her, though. She has a physical presence, you know? <laughs> hey, look, my Uncle Donald one time <laughs> supposedly came home late one night and all of a sudden my Aunt, Ed, uh, Aunt Edna decided that she was going to hide behind the door and scare him. Yeah. And that's why he punched her in the face and she had a black eye. It was her fault. She was... decided to scare him when he was coming home late one night. I, I mean... Ass- assuming that's true. Right. In the first place. It yeah. is true. If it's true, then that's fine. Like, it's bad. Like, don't punch women. But, like... Uh, yeah, no, don't, no, no. don't jump out at people. got punched in the face because she said something to him about coming home late. And the cover story was she tried right. to scare him when he well, came that's, home late. Well, that's not fine, clearly. Because you know what? Guess what? If uh, after like f- 15 years, uh, 16 years, 17 years with my wife, if I came home late at 3 o'clock in the morning, the last thing she would be thinking is, oh, let me turn all, all the lights off and try yeah. to scare yeah. him when he comes in. No, she would be thinking, I'm going to turn all the lights off, act like I'm asleep, and then really stick it to him in the morning. <laughs> Yes, plus I don't know uh, if you listen to any of the stories I've ever told on any of the podcasts about my Uncle Donald, uh, his wife knew why he was coming home late. So, yeah, the guy blows his fucking head off. He goes, punches the broad out, gets her in the car, because after you knock him out, you should probably throw him in your car. We did that, to... So we, we're just saying we did the calculations, we filled out all the proper mm-hmm. paperwork, and it's fine. Like This isn't yeah. like a depiction of abuse or anything yeah this is a bloody bits approved violence against women mm-hmm. yes look yeah. sometimes you look when bitches have superpowers it's okay yep yep or in dave's case if they uh startle him uh so <laughs> so if they suddenly <laughs> start you like you step around a corner walking down the street and there's somebody there if it's a woman yeah i mean it's, it's... yeah just a real quick one I, I don't actually endorse that by the way That's just a, a jab one. real quick left jab pop can't help. It's just a reaction. Yeah. yeah. Instinct. I, if you can't, if it's just your instinct to beat a woman, I guess is what Tim's saying. <laughs> then you know you can't help it. So we we understand. So anyhow, and you know you can use this podcast as precedent. So if in yeah. the future, you just it's called the Yobo like, defense. Look, I told bitches what was going to happen if they jump out on me. It's called the Yobo defense. So speaking of wanting to punch a no, woman, actually, he, it turns out to be premeditation. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Out, if, okay. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, beat a woman and then cite this podcast, that's premeditation. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Um, just don't beat anybody at all. That's good. Just, good policy. There you go. Right. Yeah. You know, it plays, but it plays safe instead of sorry. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. And you know what? If you learn anything from this podcast, that's what you should learn. So I love this because again, wanting to punch her. He's trying to fucking fire the car up. She's like, look, man, I got the keys. And then he's like, give me, give me the keys. He reaches and goes for him. She's like, no, I got a cool trick I'm going to do with the keys. Eats the keys. See, here's the second part where I'm fucking out. That's it. I'm fucking out. She fucking swallowed those keys. Mm -hmm. Nope, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. They're dirty keys, I by mean, the way. Also, these these keys were made out of pasta, Tim. Uh, <laughs> they kind of did a little <laughs> fucking fettuccine, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I bet she didn't have to break them uh, before she ate them. <sighs> by the way, <laughs> hey, that's start. a good, that's a good question. Hey, Dave, you ever cook uh, spaghetti like in a pot? All the time, yeah. Okay. Do you break the noodles before you stick them in the pot, or what? First of all, it's not called noodles, motherfucker. Fake Italian. I'm not an <laughs> Italian, pasta. you idiot. So, uh, do you break the noodles or what? No, right, not necessarily. Unless don't, don't you have... notice that sometimes when you eat spaghetti, some of it's cooked more than the other? Oh my god, Tim. Unless, you unless just I'm... stir the fucking I'm pasta. Just, but I, I don't know if it's the right way to do it. I'm just lazy. And, and, I, and I'll, I, won't, um, I won't break them unless I know that by standing them up, like, you know, I don't have enough leverage and they're just going to tip over. I guess I just have more plot. fucking strength in my fucking upper arms than you, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, it. look Break at that shit. Shots I mean, fired. I, I'm fat yeah. and I don't work out, so probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, see, now you're body shaming people, Tim. Look at you. No. Beating women look, body. Uh, I, I've gained the COVID-25. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Teasing. I'm teasing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and I love that, that she Probably eats Mostly these... from eating fucking all that pasta. She, well, she should have. She almost fell asleep from eating the pasta, but instead she ate the pasta keys and he punched her again. Because <laughs> he's mad at punch her. Punch her in the stomach. Make her throw up. Come on, stupid. Oh, that'd be Don't good. punch her in the face. So it's like a Popeye cartoon. He punches her in the stomach and she kicks the, or spits the key out immediately. Look, I, there's two solutions that's going to end this whole fucking thing with the movie is stick a finger down her throat and she's going to throw out the fucking new, uh, the keys, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And later on with the Dobermans, stick a finger someplace else and they're not going to fucking bother you anymore. Wait, right. hold on. why did she have the keys to begin with? She Because Spuckbean was stealing him. the keys. Yeah, that's her job is to steal the keys. Well, I don't know, because he wrote for her to do that, right? Yeah, that's right. It's in the book. Yeah, right. you can put that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So he hot wires the car real quick because I guess with he knows. With a screwdriver, which is a pretty. With a flathead. Fucking 1994. Did that still work? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Okay, like. It's like one of those things like lock picking, right? Like. Like how they depict it in movies is where you put the credit. No, that's not how you pick a lock. Like, you, it takes 25 fucking minutes, right? No, I've done. Dave, no, no, I've, I've done. A point. I, I've done with those dead. Like, there's certain kinds of locks where you can do it. Um, but, but I'm talking about like, you know, when you, when you call the locksmith, what they're doing there, right. Uh, when they show like somebody in a movie, just, oh yeah, I'm the thief and I'm going to stick the bobby pin in the, in, in the keyhole. Right. 
No, that shit doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Like there is I a way to hotwire, hotwire a car with a screwdriver, but I, but it's not easy to do. No, it's not easy to do. But it's look, it's not something you're just gonna be able to fucking pick up in the spur of the moment. But if that's your fucking gig, you can do it because I'm pretty sure there was a point in the '70s, maybe even all the way up into like mid '80s, where all you basically had to do was t- like take that outer cover off, stick a screwdriver in it, and it fucking turned on. And I would say, like, maybe if you put a gun to somebody's head and said, do this, like, maybe they'd be able to do it. But at the same time, then you might have performance anxiety. True. Oh, like John Travolta in uh, (laughs) that fucking whatever the fucking movie was. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Uh, Then you have to take a blue chew. (laughs) They put a gun to his head and said, dance, motherfucker, dance. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're thinking of Swordfish, right? Swordfish. Where they they put the gun to the guy's head. Can we do the movie? You Jackman. Yeah, that was no, Hugh it's not a horror movie in any sense, though. It's a you, horror you could, movie. I mean, you could, it's your podcast. You can do whatever the fuck oh, you yeah, want. Oh, yeah, thank like... you. Thanks for telling <laughs> me what I can fucking do on my show, dude. <laughs> so, uh, can we do that on Daniel's show? Is there a mustache in that movie? Somebody's got to have a mustache in that movie. Well, what are you talking about? Pornos? Who does a porno podcast? Daniel does the mustachioed podcastio. <laughs> it's a podcast for... Uh, <laughs> For movies with mustaches. <laughs> the porno podcast, Daniel. <laughs> the porn stash podcast. Because I, oh I like I volunteer if if anybody wants to start a podcast where we just watch pornos and review them, I'm took down for that. Uh, did you ever watch weird. Dave's old porn? Speaking of, it's Dave's pretty bad. Old porn? What? It's pretty bad. I'm sorry to anybody who's seen it. It's not Dave good. Attell, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Dave Wait a second. Hold no, on. no, no. There was a TV show on Comedy Central called Dave's Old Porn. It was hosted by Dave Attell, an yes, insomniac, Dave Attell, yes. where they would watch porno with other comedians or even people who were involved in the porno, and he would interview them. And it was, uh, it was an experience. That or it was a fever dream, and I'm making this up. Anyhow. If only that was on the bank. If only that was on the blood bank. You know, if I can find it, I will put it on the blood bank. I don't That's think I'd want to see David Tell naked. You don't That'd see him weird. fucking naked. No, but just the idea that he's been masturbating to what we're watching <laughs> or talking about, right? That's the thing. Yeah, that's like, true. When I watch something and I jerk off to it, I don't want to think about how many other people have watched it and jerked off to it, right? I'm the only one who's been seeing this. I think it depends on what it is. Like, if it's weird shit that you wouldn't want anybody else to know that that's what you're doing it to, maybe then, it's like, the idea the of having... Yeah. So I'm not the first person to fucking look at it. Yeah. Yeah, but if... You, okay, so... But if you're watching straight porn, right? Who gives a fuck, right? I don't even think about that. But if you're watching, like, the weird stuff, right, that, you oh, know, after... Oh, sick and peanuts off yeah, the guy's yeah, ass? Yeah, 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 that kind of shit, right? Like, or wouldn't knowing that frog. a lot of other people jerked off to this... reference. Like, <laughs> but but wouldn't knowing that like a lot of other people have cranked it to this before like you know i don't know might make you feel like maybe maybe you shouldn't feel ashamed of yourself okay you know what right. I, my hope is in my masturbation quest before i die that i am the first one to watch a video that pops up on either Pornhub or exams your masturbation quest before you die you thought this out <laughs> this is that's in the gym. Think about how cool that would be. Like, if you turn something, you, you turn a fucking X hamster on, you're like zero views. You're like, oh, what the fuck is this? 
Well, you'd have to leave. Technically, it's got to be one person per video, right? Like, there's got to be the first person who's seen so, everything. Yeah, right? I actually well, used to I, talk. Oh, <laughs> why do I think Sick Critic is like at the fucking championship for like the first, most first views of porn? I actually used to talk to a guy on the internet that's job was watching the porn that gets uploaded to a website so that they could and categorize coming up with the categories? it. categories? Yep. Yep. Oh, greatest fucking job ever. Uh, he liked it, uh, but the other people he knew that did it, like, they didn't last very long on it. <laughs> oh, you, no, be, no, because you come across a lot of, like, child porn and, like, people doing stuff to animals is really bad and stuff well, like that. No, you're not working that, for fucking Facebook. You're working for fucking yeah. Pornhub. <laughs> that not yeah, so much. Yeah, people can post whatever the fuck they want. See, there's got to be, like, the that's the yeah. moderator's job. Yeah, the, he said it was more that they would, like, it, it fucked up their view of sex and that it became this mechanical, like, just meat, smacking meat. And I then mean, as somebody who them. watches almost as much porn as they do, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I gotta say, nah. Nah? I maybe, guess some you, pe- maybe some people, I don't know. I guess if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or you never jerk a day in your life. <laughs> nope. Well, that would, that's that not gonna, we're not gonna do that one. So, yeah, hot wires the car. Well, would they jerk off? Like, is that the thing? Would they have to... No, are they, they're not They're not supposed to... Are they giving to, lotion they're in, in their, work. In their they're office? They're not supposed to jerk off. Come on. No, no. Look, on the first <laughs> two days or three days, <laughs> after that, it just becomes a job. Yep. I guess so. I, I guess that makes sense. But they would have to... Like, would they supply you? Or would you have to bring your own tissues? And You have to bring your own down. tissues. Like, this is... Are you in cubicles? Or like, like an office space? <laughs> Hey yeah, Linda, you... how's uh, how's you know? Heard you got that new car. <laughs> just, just rubbing rubbing the lotion in your hands, getting it's, ready. It's a trough system that they have set up, <laughs> like those shitty bars. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Styles wakes up after getting knocked out and the car hot wired, and she starts kissing on him. And she's like, "Look, I got to do this." Uh, Kane wrote that I'd do this. Uh, he said it'd be good for the book. Because this is what people want to watch. That's not a sexy scene, right? I think that's the joke. She should be giving a roadhead. That's it. (laughs) Well, then she couldn't say that line, Tim. Is there, like, hold on, Tim, do you think that roadhead is sexy? Uh, No, but it's the better alternative to what she's trying to do, right? Well, she's trying to fuck him while, like, there's a bunch of people closing in on their car about to hack them to pieces. That's the... So I guess it would be a better alternative, but yeah, well, I'm just saying don't don't like just pay attention when you drive. That's what's important. Exactly. Just just keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> so he slams on the brakes. Yeah, don't and... be thinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, seriously. So he slams on the brakes and he sees the old boy kid on the bike again, but he's at a fucking payphone. And then He's like, all right, I'm going to go, like, call on the payphone or something. I don't know. Yeah, who the fuck is he calling? Ghostbusters. Uh, he should. Oh, bec- <laughs> on fucking styles. Because we hear these, like, grosso slurpy sounds. And then he turns around and looks. And she does this crazy-ass fucking crab walk. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's a crab walk, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Toward a second him. of CG in there which doesn't look that great but then immediately it's practical effects again it looks fucking amazing. yeah 
it switches over because the way they do it too is because she rotates so that her head is then upside down doing this crab walk. And it's just done with a contortionist and a mask that looks like her head with like weird distended broken neck stretched out shit. And yeah, is this more freaky than the exorcist crab walk or what? Uh, no, I think it's because this is too well lit and too, you, you hold on it longer. I think the exorcist might be worse. I don't think it's comparable. Yeah. they're, They're just different. That's a good point. So he loads up into the car. I mean, and you compare anything to anything, but you know. No, no. I mean, it's they're, they're too different. You're right. Apples, apples and oranges. I but mean, they're, oranges. they're both shots that you would see in a movie. That that's that's a, that's, that's yeah, true. Yep. So he gets in the car, drives about five hundred yards, then the yellow line divider in the road starts blinking out and turning into fire. And he's back at the town square. He's like, okay, I'm still going to rationalize this because it's not been crazy enough. So I must have just, I must have made a mistake. The fact that he hasn't like figured it out. Those motherfuckers. Yes. And why hasn't he fucking figured it out yet? Like that's. Because he's stubborn, right? This is his job. I'm an atheist, but at a certain point, if I start seeing shit. Yeah, I'm either checking myself into a fucking mental hospital or I'm a, I'm a believer. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's you have to you have to question your judgment either way. So he's like, "All right, that's cool. I'm going to drive around a little bit more. I'm going to try this again." Drives around again, sees the uh creepy old boy and uh sees Styles on his bike this time. Yeah, another fucking freaky shot, right? Yeah, cuz she's like waving her arms around all Lucy her arms and legs, she's going like fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, like like it's. Just I mean, a good she's time. on she's on the kid's bike, but the kid is the old man, you know, from yeah. the earlier. But I mean, she's just kind of like has her arms out, like she's feeling the breeze in her arms. I guess this bike has a banana seat, right? Yeah, she's just giving up. She's just into it, you know. She's part of the part of the whole vibe of the town now, I guess. So, again. I mean, there are worse towns that you could live in. I mean, it seems like nice. Apart from the kids and whatever. Yeah, and, you know. the weird cannibal kids. The guys blowing the their fucking heads off. The yeah, dogs everywhere. Dog. The old lady. But it seems like a really nice place. Other than that. Yeah. Other than that, it's nice antique store. It's, it's, I like it's antique. pretty sweet. So, yeah, line turns to fire again in the middle of the road. Back at town square again. Take three. Happens again, and this time he's not fucking surprised, right? He's like, all right, I'm fucking, I'm done with this. I have a new plan. We're going to set ramming speed. We're just going to run over these townies. We're going to pretend it's Florida, and it's okay to run over protesters in the middle of the street. Yes, exactly, Tim. This is and, his move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're in Canada, though, so maybe they're like that incel guy that rented the van. <laughs> Remember that? I thought it was Paris. Which one? There's so many. Oh no, no, it was it was it was the no, was it the uh Oh shit, where is it? Southern France. I don't know, but Okay. Fuck that it. too. Who cares? Whatever. Any you know what? Pick your favorite um guy getting a car or a truck and ramming it into people. Just, nice. just that's right. Use that one, right? Every all, to all the listeners. So yeah, it goes to ram jam them, but they all kind of like dip out of the way of it 
until wow they dip out of the way well they kind of like he doesn't Holy hit anybody shit. right they kind of like dipping out of the way <laughs> well uh he's about to run over styles because then she just ends up right in front of the car and still even after that creepy fuck crab walk he veers away like i can't run that thing over because that would be bad. He's going to run over everybody else but her. He's punched her like five times. She's eaten the keys. He he saw her crab walk, and then she was right. around. He still thinks he has a chance. At the very least, she's going to give him crabs, right? Yeah. Or whatever the fuck that old man has (laughs) on the bike. She was fucking riding a banana riding with that dude. Who the fuck knows what she's caught? Oh, he can't trust her. That's right. Look Mm -hmm. at that. Turn turn your back on her, and she's already got a fucking new old man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That one was good. (laughs) She's been around the block with him, too, man. So, yeah, he veers away from it, and uh, Ram jams into the back end of a parked car. This scene wakes up just in, in the intersection. It's daytime, right? Is that am I? Yeah. No, the the um he wakes up in a confessional booth. Oh uh, shit! That's yeah, right. yeah, this is where he does the fucking "I'm bigger than Jesus" and the Beatles together, right? Yeah, yeah, because he tries to have a light on a again wants a cigarette can't light it, and uh, this is when Kane pops into the next uh, the next side of the booth. And he's like, look, man, you know what the problem is with religion is they don't know how to convey the anatomy of horror. It seeks discipline through fear, but it does not understand the nature of creation. And no one's ever believed in it enough to actually make it real, right? He says, the same can't be said about my work, though. So John's like, ah, your work isn't real. It says, oh, but it kind of is real because people believe it. In fact, more people believe it than the Bible. I've outsold the Bible. I'm bigger than Jesus, like you said. So John's like, yeah, but I mean, just because something's popular, that doesn't mean it's true. That's a logical fountain. He doesn't say that, but he says, by the way, your, your books suck. <laughs> it's like a last little stupid dig. And it actually like pisses. He does it twice, too. He does it later. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Even if you're Stephen King, Clyde Barker, whoever the fuck. If somebody comes and like, your book sucks, it's going to fucking sting, right? It's going to, yeah. no, it's going to sting. It would suck to hear that. I... And you can tell it does with Kane, even though he's God now, because this like flash of light goes real quick through the little viewy hole. Well, yeah, God is a fucking Shoot. vain God, right? Mm-hmm. Look, if you, if you say son of a bitch, it hurts God. So what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was the first rule is to uh, be cool to God, you know? You don't want to offend him. He's very delicate. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I would think, you know, like, maybe d- d- don't murder people. That's cool. Well, don't that wasn't that. the first command. No, no, I'm not saying it's the first. I'm just saying, like, in terms of relative, like, logical importance. Like, yeah, don't murder people. Oh, that's no. Bad. Okay, that's logic. Sorry. Yeah, but he uh, doesn't yeah. listen to himself. How many fucking s- people did he kill in that box? thinking oh, about lots, religion. Ten, plenty. You talked yeah. about. You talked about logic. So those two should never intertwine. Um, mm, yeah. So yeah, Kane says, "Look, man, here's the deal. You should try reading my new book. If you think my other books suck, it'll drive you mad. It'll make the world ready for the change. It'll make them believe. Because once people lose their grip on reality, well, that's when the old ones can start to come back. So here's we get the the Lovecraft notion of there's these ancient horrors that are just waiting 
Is this the first like straight up reference, like one hundred percent to Lovecraft with the old um, ones? No. So I mean, you've got the Pikmins, oh, right? Pikmin. Is yeah, the... yeah. But I mean, I mean, the old ones are in all of his stories. The There's... Pikmins is one True. story. There's Pikmin's the model is one story. There's also the book covers. Like I would say that that's a direct reference because if you Google uh, Shadow over Insmith. Mm-hmm. You will find a book cover that looks a hundred, like exactly almost on yeah, one. Yeah, they had that one. fucking fish people look. Yeah, and that I mean exactly the title of the movie, right? In the mouth of madness at the mouth. I have no, I have no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean the title of of Kane's book. <laughs> yeah, in the mouth of madness. Yes, I don't. Is there is there a reference? Like I don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm no, doing a bit. I obviously get it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going along with it. So cool. And he says, yeah, I'll make the world ready to change. We can bring back the old ones. And then Kane pops up in the booth behind him and says, you want to, you know, see a little bit of the story? Take, take a look. And he, he does the weird rapey love thing with him and shoves his face into the wall. He gets a couple flashes of the story, though. Not, not a lot, right? And then that is when he wakes up John in the church where Kane has just finished writing the book. He says, all right, here we go. I'm going to give you the man- manuscript here, and uh, Styles is here. She's cool. We're all hanging out now. Everybody's happy. And he says, John, you go deliver that to the publishers because that's what you do. I wrote it, and that's what you do. And again, this is a very Stephen King thing, right, where he writes himself into stories. Yeah. In this, like, literally <laughs> written into the story. So he says... Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't have any strings. I'm not a puppet. I'm not going to just go there. He goes, no, no, no. See, I wrote it, so you're going to do it. And it's like this town. Like, this town didn't exist before I wrote it. So I'm going to be out of here. I got to go talk to my publishers real quick, my new publishers. And that's when, yeah, he goes to this door of grossness real quick. This is one of the best shots of horror i would it say really is yeah. that door is a good fucking scene yes Mm-hmm. so john gets pissed at him and says look what you're writing is just a piece of fiction right but then he tells john yeah that's true and, and the problem is like it is real because my agent knew it was real remember that dude that came with the axe and tried to fucking kill you well, he read some advanced chapters of this book. He knew what you were going to do, that you were going to deliver it, and he tried to stop your ass. Now, you need to take the book, bring it back to your world through that hallway, and you need to hurry, though, because I can't hold them back. And you get this weird, Cain is trying to hold the Ancient Ones back, but then he turns, and he reaches toward his face, rips it open, and we see basically a vacuum into space and pages of a book. Yeah, he ripped himself right out of the movie. Exactly. And from here, we get another, not just Lovecraft reference, but quote. And I really love this line, so I clipped it out just so we could play it on the podcast. It's going to be crickets. He's going to hit the button. It's going to be fucking crickets now. <laughs> Trent stood at the edge of the rip, stared into the illimitable gulf of the unknown, the Stygian world yawning blackly beyond. 
Trent's eyes refused to close. He did not shriek, but the hideous, unholy abominations shrieked for him. As in the same second he saw them spill and tumble upward out of an enormous carrion black pit, choked with the gleaming white bones of countless unhallowed centuries. He began to back away from the rip as the army of unspeakable figures, twilit by the glow from the bottomless pit, came pouring at him toward our world. So yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> and he starts running. Yeah. Down this like, hallway. Styles, come with me. She's like, nah, I, I can't, man. I already read to the end of the book. So yeah, like you said, he runs down this fucking hallway. And the way that this is shot with, um, essentially it's really blurry behind him, but this is how you shoot monsters if you're a filmmaker. Yeah. This is the best way to do it. 100% yeah, agree. The less you show, the better. You and that's exactly my note. You get glimpses. You get ideas. You get impressions. That's all you need. And again, that cuts back to the whole thing with H.P. Lovecraft, right? Because it's the with Lovecraft, what is the big thing that everybody complains about? He talks about how I saw something I cannot describe no matter what. Then he spends eight pages describing <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Using the words cyclopean and uh, whatever the other... Yeah, but yeah, just in. with her reading yeah. that and his face, you can just see that what he's seeing is just fucking like blowing his mind. Yep, yep. So he, yeah, books it down that hallway, falls, screams, and wakes up. He's on the highway, and he's at the windmill. Is it the and crossroads also? He is at the crossroads at this moment okay. with a copy of the manuscript, but... Instead of the Karate Kid approaching him, it's uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> it's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Mannequin Skywalker shows up. Hayden Christensen in. I think this is his exact first appearance on film. So Kyle McLaughlin comes in. Hats off, Sandworm. <laughs> to Kyle McLaughlin. Oh God! So he, he the kid pulls up. He's like, "Hey, you want a paper or something?" It's like, nah, man. Wow, I completely fucking forgot he was in the movie. Yep. It's like, nah, I don't want a paper. That's how the much kid... of a force he is on in the film. If only his force could be unleashed one day, Tim. So he tells the kid, I don't want a fucking paper. Kid's like, have you like been in an accident? You want me to get someone for you? He's like, nah, I'm cool. Just which way is the highway? Like, it's straight ahead. I'm going to go now, because I'd probably talk to you too much. And I'm Would you ask for be... the highway or where the nearest town is? Yes, where the highway was. It's... I mean, what would you oh, do? What would, would you I ask the highway for? or the fucking nearest town? Uh, nearest town, probably. So he, he gets off his bike, um, and you hear it, and you see R2-D2 in a land speeder. That's true. And he gets into the yep. land speeder and flies off into the distance. Great movie. Yep. And then he bullseyes a walk. The best rat, one. And there you go. Uh, so he also, yeah, then he tells the kid, like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. See you. Hey, have you ever heard of Hobbs End? Kid's like, no. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like, all right, never mind. He says, wow, kid. Language, seriously. How are you? You're like eight, dude. Yeah. Very rude. <laughs> you, you need better parents, I think. So he drops the book on the ground and hitches a ride. He only has one parent. Mm. Mm. And then he ends up hooking up with his sister, but 
Yeah. Anyhow, so he hitches a ride. Shmi, and- Shmi pick, picks him up in a in a in a Volkswagen. <laughs> The, this is enough Star Wars references now. I'm going to go ahead yeah, and just Especially pull since the, you don't know anything about Star Wars. So. That's true. Yeah, I'm going to pull the ripcord on it. But I do know something about truck stop hotels. And <laughs> well, you just need to because, see the Phantom Menace and the clone thing, and you're good. I mean, that's you know, that covers the whole thing. Okay, that's good. I'll, I'll have to check those out. <laughs> so he ends up at this truck stop hotel, and he's like, watching some old horror movie, which, by the way, is one of Carpenter's favorite old horror movies. Oh, the one with the fucking gorilla with the fucking scuba yeah. diver's fucking helmet on? What? what yeah. That's not That's not the original thing. What's What movie is that? Uh, I could look it up, maybe. I think it's called The Gorilla Thing? It, yeah, gotcha, it, it's The Gorilla Thing. All right. It's called The Gorilla Thing. He turned to the me. camera, and he said, the creature from the Black Lagoon doesn't have shit on me. Or he signed it. Sorry. Because this was before the talkies. So <laughs> before the t- you mean that fifties movie. That was before mm-hmm. the talkies, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's why he had to sign that um the creature from the Black Lagoon doesn't have shit on him. It's it's less protracted. It works than, on so many different monsters. The Tim's fucking punchline. So yeah, he Goes downstairs, gets himself a newspaper, and the the this poor kid working at the fucking hotel. It's like, hey, mister, you got a package? This guy goes, oh, that's weird. Nobody knew I was here. Opens the package up. Of course, it's the manuscript. And he roughs the kid up. He's like, look, man, who brought this fucking thing over here? And the kid's like, look, I, I don't know. There's so I, much aggression in this particular scene. It's crazy. So much aggression. Yeah, but then fucking Uncle Ben comes out. Yeah. Fucking sets him straight. Uncle Ben pops around. He's like, yeah, I was there. And you know what? I don't fucking I remember. Now what? I, I didn't see, see shit, shit. motherfucker. <laughs> I love this dude. So, and then immediately John backs off. He's like, all right, never mind. Just, I don't want any trouble from you, sir. The next fucking shot is yeah. him. Wild haired in his bathroom, just fucking burning this manuscript page by page. Yeah. In yeah a sink. What the fuck is that going to do to the fucking sink? That's got, there's no smoke detectors in 1994. Uh, people were smoking in the room. Maybe he had a smoking room, Tim. I, I just love that he goes from like distressed, right? Yeah. A bunch of bad shit has happened to him to this is the breaking point. And, and the well. next shot is him just. <laughs> Out of his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, he's doing insane. the fucking bathtub, right? You can burn that shit in like two minutes instead of fucking doing it page by page. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been better in the if toilet. he was like smoking a cigarette in there. Finally, you know, like ah, I'm just gonna hang know. out. I've smoke. had smoke detectors in my house. And I used to fucking smoke, and it didn't, smoke didn't set it off. Fire sets it off. It's a blowing yeah. ember directly into the into the thing. I don't know. Like I've I've burnt something on the on the oven, and then the smoke detector went off. It wasn't yeah. fire. It was just Please, smoke. That's actually know. smoke. Yeah. Yeah. So he burns it, and he's like, I'm, "I'm gonna get the fuck out of here." Next day, he's on the bus, and he is next to, conservatively, the most my, annoying my old grandma. lady in this. <laughs> I have realized that's my grandmother too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the depression. I mean, there were like bodies built up two to three feet high in the gutters. 
<laughs> she's pretty awesome. I want to see her versus uh, Mrs. Pickman, though. Who's going to win? It, I want to be the, like, when I'm old, I want to be the old man version of that. Like, I'm just going to find young people and just talk yeah. their ears off and make them very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. You get your fucking shorts pulled all the way up, like, underneath your fucking <laughs> yeah. tits. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's such a good move. I support that, Dave. Go for it, buddy. Like, I know this. I, because, like, if you have your shorts pulled up that high when you're that old, your balls are going to fall out, right? That's the plan. No, it, like, it splits up the middle. So you get one that's going one way, one that's Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. So when grandma looks at you, like, yo, uh, my tits are up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he falls asleep like you would. Wakes up and Kane's sitting next to him. He's got a new fucking buddy. Another great fucking scene. Great scene. So funniest like, scene in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Because Kane's like, "Look, man, there's no way around this. Okay, you're gonna deliver the thing. I'm God now, by the way." And John's like, "No, you. God's not some hack horror writer." And so Kane's like, "Look, okay, maybe I can help you believe." When you wake up, just look around. Oh, and uh, did I ever tell you my favorite color is blue? It's this is a fucking freaky ass scene. And that's funny. It's, uh, I've, it's so funny. <laughs> it's such a great, like, such a simple effect to make a scene. You know, just putting a blue tint yeah, but on just everything. Think, really, if you're sitting, whatever you are, and somebody like fucking says to you, like, from now on, you're only gonna see fucking blue, and then bang, that's all you fucking see. You're gonna freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're gonna it, freak the fuck out, but you're not. But very rarely would it be a person who just randomly starts screaming yeah. at the top of their lungs on a Greyhound bus. That's his response is he uh, just starts shrieking. When was the last time you were on a Greyhound bus, motherfucker? Come on. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Pe- okay. Not no, no, the no, best fair, people fair, are riding Greyhounds. Fair fucking enough. I get it. I got it. All right. Yeah, that's fair. But still, it makes but, me want to scream on Greyhound buses. It's that's, okay. That's all right. a Greyhound, that's because you don't have any fucking ID. Yeah, yeah, you're done, dude. That's like last resort. But if I, but if if it all skipping from New York to Philly. But if, but if if I'm an 85 year old man with one testicle, you know, hanging down one leg and the other testicle hanging down the other, because my pants are pulled up so high, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe maybe a greyhound doesn't sound so bad because at least you get somebody next to you to talk to. Exactly, and you know what? You can just That's wake right. up and they screaming. Have to look at your balls, because what else is there to do for the next eight hours? <laughs> that's a good point. You're just trying to trick people into looking at your balls, and that's your old age. Oh God! So, but it's okay though, because it's my colostomy bag. It's okay. Aging is just a game of playing the brain game. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just... Where can you show some brain? Exactly. <laughs> But no, it's okay. The blue scene didn't even happen because it was just a viral marketing campaign for blue. Che- no, it was a dream. It was a dream. It was a nightmare that he had. Really, what happens in that scene is Sutter Kane stands next to him, takes the tray table down, and puts a single blue chew on the on the, on the tray table. He's like, "You want the blue pill, or the red pill?" No, he says, "Didn't I tell you my favorite color is blue?" <laughs> oh wait a second, that's right. If you take two, wait. Is it Viagra or Blue Chew? Which one is the one? I'm guessing since the name is Blue, the more that you take, the more blue your fucking eyes go. Yeah. I'm just going to say everything is blue. I I doubt that, Emily. (laughs) No, but it's interesting that after this, whenever they do a close-up on any actor's face, they have blue eyes also, just for the remainder of the movie. I didn't notice that. Good pull. Oh, shit. Fun thing to go back and look at. So 
Yeah, he uh, ends up having a couple more little nightmare scenes. Um, he shows up at this, uh, like, the Hall of Records to ask about Hobbs End. And at the Hall of Records, the lady's, like, yelling at him, like, look, you idiot, it doesn't exist. Then he goes to the back alley where the poster was. He peels the poster what are you, back. Deaf and dumb? Yeah, what are you, deaf and dumb? He's like, what? Did you name Tommy? What? I play a mean pinball, but. Uh, but what no, I really so like to do is. Up a wrist. But what I really like to do is fiddle about. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, made it, no, no, I, I made it weird. I'm sorry, I mean, guys. No, 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 no. Pete Townsend made it weird. Because, I mean, I, I yeah. mean who was my first favorite it's real true. fucking rock band? And now, after finding about that, his Google search history Please. and listening to this, in particular, Tommy, it's a whole different fucking album. He was doing research, Tim. Remember. <sighs> I like of, him, so you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. That book of his will be coming out any day now. I promise. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he screams about that, goes over to the poster in the alley, peels it back, and he sees himself. Then he goes and checks the alley where the bums were fighting and or the cop was beating up the, the spray painter tagging uh -huh. guy or whatever yep. was going on. Spray Nothing painter, there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we go back to the publisher, and I guess he tells Harglow the whole story. And, he's and like, this, this scene is, is direct shot for shot and line for line out of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking perfect. Because Harglow is like, huh, you know what? If you could write that story, then I'd sell it. And he's like, no, but uh, Styles was with me. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 right, Styles. The person you claim I sent with you, right? You stupid idiot. I'm fucking Charlton Heston. It's 1990s. I'm not hiring a woman. It's a very <laughs> good point, Tim. <laughs> oh, that's how he should have known My from nephew the got that job. Down. Yeah, he should have. Where's my nephew? It was fake. Oh shit! Missing nephew. That's the sequel. So Harglow says, "Look, in man, the mouth of madness too." Maybe nephew. those books that you're reading got to you. He says, uh, "No, hold on. No, it didn't get to me. But you know what? At least bonus, I burned the only copy of that manuscript, so we're cool." It's like. What the fuck are you talking about? You turned that in months ago, man. Mm -hmm. Again, the movie fucking around with time. Yeah. He says, what? What do, you, what do you mean I turned it in months ago? He's like, yeah, we've been like selling it like hotcakes, man. It's. I don't know like, if it's fucking so around. What has he been it's, doing in all that time? It's in not. World? It's not fucking around with time. It's just showing you that the author is gaslighting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it's already happened, right? Like, all that shit that you saw, there was no styles. Like, it, it was all, again, the author fucking with you, the viewer. Little fucking with the fourth wall. So he says, yeah, man, it's, it's gonna, I mean, it's out. I don't know, if, it, are, I don't know if it's a fourth wall break. I mean, I guess I, you could make that argument, but. I think it's, I think it nods at being a fourth wall break. But, but then again, that's my theory on this being 
like uh, adaptation. I'm go with Dave. I don't think this is. A, I don't think he's breaking the fourth wall. I think <clears throat> they might. They might be. This might be like a close wink, but I don't think it's breaking the fourth wall. Like what I think it is is it's it's showing, <laughs> um, Sam Neill that John Trent whatever that he is a character in a book, and mm-hmm. so he's at the absolute whim and mercy of like whatever the author wants to write, and that's that's what. Th- th- this doesn't land with me, but that's what the horrors of this movie is trying to generate. That's, that's what they're trying to get into you. Is like, what if you were a character in a book and you realized it and you couldn't control anything and you were at the mercy of the author? I mean, I think that's part of the horror. I think the other part of the horror is, is kind of like I said up at the beginning, though, is like, who who actually writes reality, right? Like, if we're getting philosophically to, to the point of what is reality other than your perception in that perception, we all agree upon. And then that makes it truth. This is dabbling with like style said in the car, like what happens when the truth disagrees with you eventually. Right. So I think that's, I think that's the other part of the horror. But when I say like fourth wall, I guess that's the wrong way to put it. I guess it's more like of a meta thing, right? That, it's also, it's controlling him, John, in here and, and what information he has the same way that it does you, the viewer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, as the viewer, you're taking on the position of John relatively, yeah. right? Yes. But, but from a philosophical standpoint, there is an answer to that, which is that like you do have the like the, the difference between you and somebody who is insane quote insane mm-hmm. is that you theoretically have the, still have the ability to reality test meaning test what you're what you're experiencing versus right. your previous experience yeah. Yeah. so so i'm just saying like as the viewer who's like oh that's really profound there is an answer to that that's that's just what i mean right like and don't just regress to hard solipsism just don't do that because that's terrible. Uh, so we, uh, he says, yeah, I got, I, you know, I burned the manuscript. No, it's, uh, it's out. People love it. And he's like, no, you got to stop that because it's going to make people go crazy. And I love his land. He's like, well, she had a hope so. Cause the movie's coming out next week. That's a fucking fast turnaround, right? No one ever said Charlton Heston wasn't effective. He was a very good spokesman. I mean, mm-hmm. did his job very well. I'm, you know, that's all I have to yep. say. For sure. And he, I mean, he plays the <laughs> asshole in this movie very well because just doesn't care. He's like, look, we're making money. Okay. So is he an asshole? Is he here. like, do you, do you, do you, does that come off to you as an asshole though? I don't, I don't I mean, see. if a guy just says like, you need to stop the release of this book because it's going to make people insane and it's a problem. And you're like, well, I hope it does. Because- yeah, but this dude, Eddie. Think about it. This guy just came into your office after giving you the fucking book four months ago. And now he's yeah. like, yo, you remember that fucking lady that you sent me out to look for with <laughs> all the shit? Guess what I found out? You're going to think he's fucking crazy. And That's true. He's he's being the asshole the same way that anybody in the 80s or the 90s who worked in business is being portrayed as an asshole. Yeah. He only cares about making money. Yep. Yep. He's the American psycho style asshole, not the falling but not, down. But not even I. You know, there's nothing like coded bad about that. No. And he doesn't come off as an asshole. Well, and plus, like, like, if we're to no, believe, he just comes off as an executive who's like, "Hey, look, whatever it is, what's it saying? Any publicity is better than no publicity." 
right? Yep, yep. Bad press is good press too. No, I mean, if I, I if I was in his position, I I I wouldn't act any differently if I was a good business person. Gotcha. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I, I I will have to say, like, if we're to believe that their first interaction happened the way that it was portrayed in the movie, I, you made a pretty tasteless joke about the agent. So whatever. I guess turnabout's fair play. I don't so, know. Like, hey, at that point, what are you going to say? Hey, you know what, crazy motherfucker? Yeah, uh, four <laughs> months ago you gave me this book. Guess what? I'm going to stop the movie. I'm going to yeah. stop the book. I'm going to recall all the copies that haven't been sold. Also, I'm going to do a buyback program for any book that has been sold. Yeah. Also, with Styles, Styles, he behaves very professionally compared to Sam Neill. Very yeah. Sorry, okay, Sam. Sorry, one. Sam. If that's you ever, true. if you ever by any chance, I meant John Trent, not you. But yeah, it's John so Trent. funny that it's yes. you. <laughs> so then we uh, we cut now to. Now I'm gonna watch Jurassic Park. I'm gonna see how he treats uh, fucking Laura Dern. See what's going on with that. It's a little creepy. Mm. It's it's a little creepy. It's fine, but it's a little creepy. Okay. So we cut to outside. We're we're listening to the news as he's you know walking around a little bit and they're talking about how there's this outbreak of paranoid schizophrenia going on uh also there's people that are crazy because they want to buy this book and it's hard to get copies of it so at the bookstore this uh dude walks out and he's got the cool blood tears uh and he's got blue eyes the creepy blue eyes again and john by the if i'm online to buy a book I don't care if it's Stephen King, Clive Barker, or Neil Gaiman, whoever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. The guy who just bought the book came out and he's bleeding fucking blood from his eyes? <laughs> yeah, you turn yeah. around, get the I fuck be, out of uh, you know it. Uh, <laughs> might be time for me to get the audio book. Yeah. You see somebody with their AirPods oh. in and blood coming out of their ears. And and I this shouldn't have just occurred to me, but this is uh, saying that like there's an outbreak of paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. I mean, yeah. Just just from a right like yeah, okay, it's the early 90s or whatever, but mm-hmm. this these aren't the this is like mass no. psychosis, I will say that, exactly. but you're yeah. saying that mentally yeah. ill people are just inherently dangerous and that's not true. Not true at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, it goes back to the whole thing with like how zombie outbreaks first start, right? Nobody fucking fr- Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather aren't getting on the air with like, "Hey, they're fucking zombies." It starts off with uh, a crowd of crazy people attack somebody in Central Park today. Oh, that's what? true. So you think that was like the Fox News? That, that was calling them paranoid schizophrenics. So they're like, yeah, a bunch of people got the China flu and they're out killing everybody. Oh, wait, hold You know what? That is Fox News because that's how Joe Biden won. He cheated because he had all the paranoid schizophrenics with multiple personalities to vote for him three or four times. Within, yeah. within context, if you had made them Fox News anchors and they said that, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, they don't do it in the movie. But whatever. yeah, it looks like it's a local news anchor. So I, I, I... slightly more egregious of a problem is come on, that John. John just shows up. I I, with... I think he still hasn't apologized. It really <laughs> yeah, slightly more egregious. John just shows up though with an axe and says, uh, "Hey, is that a pretty good book you got there, pal?" It's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. I love That's it. A great line. Yeah. And he says, well, then this shouldn't come as any surprise to you. It's like when <laughs> people just... ask me on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You ask Tim onto your podcast, you're going to get Tim on your podcast. <laughs> it's a very good point. 
And this dude just fucking brains him with an axe. So then we cut back to the padded room and he's saying all the way to the beginning of the movie. Yep. All the way back to the beginning. It all comes full circle. So he asks, Hey, it's getting pretty bad out there. Right. To the doctor. He tells the doctor, you know, it spreads because people read the book and then that's how more people go crazy. Like what's going on out there. Well, yeah, the more people who read it and believe it, the more power it gets. The more true it becomes, yeah. So the doctor's like, well, I mean, but what about people who don't read books? Like, oh, don't worry, there's a movie coming out, and it's, it'll catch it's them, too. such a great line, right? It's, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many people you think who... The books, they've skipped the books, but they've seen the movie. Yeah. Well, him. We'll find out. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. So the doctor says, all right, I'm going to... I'll be back to see you again because I want to talk to you. John's like, yeah, there's no rush, man. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm actually safer in here. And it's going to get worse out there. He's like, well, how do, how do you know it's going to get worse? He says, well, because some species can smell their own extinction. It's going to get worse and very soon we'll be outnumbered. And then the last of us are going to be in a pretty sorry state until one day... We're just going to be a bedtime story for their children. It gave me a little I Am Legend vibe about it. I'm like, okay. I like Uh that. So the doctor's outside talking. They're like, that guy's fucking crazy. (laughs) What the fuck? There's no way that we can help this guy out. He thinks that Kane's fiction's a reality. And then I love that the other doctor, the first doctor from the beginning, is like, yeah, yeah. Hey, do you read Sutter Kane, by the way? No? All right. Well, he doesn't He doesn't answer. See you later, I, I guess. When we cut to John back in his cell, and he's watching the shadows of the, on the, uh, through the light, uh, just shadows against the walls of tentacles ripping people apart, screaming. And, and now, again, don't fucking show too much, and it's better. Yep. No, mm-hmm. it's perfect, you know? And then you just hear this screeching, ripping as you see his door just being pulled and it's just mass hysteria going on. Cut to the next morning, his door is swinging open. He pushes it and goes outside and sees And what's all over that fucking door? The door, right? Claw marks. Yeah, it looks like something just clawed through steel, right? Well, I think it's implying that, like, in this universe or whatever, when, when people go crazy, they change, too, you know? Like- exactly. And we get, they, there's mention of that because he hears some broadcast going on mm-hmm. after he leaves his cell and he sees the whole place is a wreck. The guy's just like, I'm going to broadcast as long as I can. There's Art the Bell. cities. Yeah, exactly. It's Art Which, Bell. I think this, like... It's been a really, it's been a while since I've seen Prince of Darkness, but whatever that speech is that he says, like, can just watch, see that, and then go watch Prince of Darkness, because there's a very if big parallel. If only there was some way that I could yeah. watch Prince of Darkness within, like, the next 24 hours, Eddie. If only, yeah. We'll get to that. So, it's telling, yeah, these reports of mass hysteria, the cities are empty, people are just murdering each other it's wantonly. It's all over the world. It's worldwide, yeah, and there's no emergency services. And there are even some reports that the people involved are mutating. They're growing massive, like, growths, and their bodies are twisting and, and being reshaped into something else. 
and as yeah, he's listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as he's listening to these reports, he walks by a movie theater that happens to be playing the movie, our movie, in the mouth <sighs> of madness. Question. And, yeah. Is that popcorn real? Yes. He stopped. So somebody is still working. No, he made it himself. He's like, look, if I'm going to embrace the lunacy of the world around me, if I'm going to fully give in, <laughs> go watch this movie and, and laugh. Are, are you saying is it real as a prop ass. or is it as real in I'm context? I'm just wondering, in, in this situation with what's going on in the world, that first of all, he finds a movie theater that's open. And there's somebody working there who not only takes his ticket, but there's another person supposedly. Well, we don't know popcorn. if so we don't know if somebody took his ticket or not. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that it was abandoned, and maybe the movies are on a loop, so they run over and over again. Uh, okay, yeah. good or point. Or right. timer, and so he goes in. You get get your thing. The popcorn will last. It's not very good after a few days, but you yeah. know, maybe it's a few days. He's That's been right. in crazy, the so he's yeah, been whatever. In the but what's he eating in there? Like I mean, they gave him a bugs? bucket to pick and so, piss in and can, shit in, so we can't assume it's very good. Shell stuck in his teeth and really drive him crazy. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> he's just laughing, and one of the fucking little skins gets stuck between his teeth, and he just stops. No, so he starts just watching the movie. <laughs> he starts laughing. You just see his tooth moving, his teeth moving. He starts sucking. Ah, he's trying to get. No. Do I suck it or do I try to pull, push it out of my mouth? Which one? Need some floss. And I, I really think that maybe Mel Brooks is owed some money here. <laughs> yeah, because he just has a great old time at the cinema, just like we are. Watching a great movie. He's watching the same movie we're watching, too. And he just laughs his ass off, and we get that great medal and credits. And then there's this... You watch through the credits, and then there's the, um, you know, uh, teaser for the next one. Yeah. The teaser for the next one where it's the paper boy. He uh, he picked up the original uh, copy of the manuscript. <laughs> and he's like, what if I uh, wrote this differently? I can change the world. <laughs> and he pulls out a light stinger. No, no. Lightsaber. Mal, Mal actually asked if we should stay through the credits. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, there's nothing Mal. past the credits. <laughs> he's, he's like 18. So yeah. So, I mean, we all love this movie, of course, and uh, I'd say we would recommend it, but we've already spoiled the entirety of it, plus you've already watched it. But, uh, Dave, I gotta ask you, buddy, aside from this movie, if, if people were listening to this podcast, they watch this movie, and they're like, you know what, I want something that's uh, in this vein. Another thing I might have missed that might, you know, satisfy the same craving. What would you suggest? Do you have anything? Well, the just... town, if you want something that's like small town Americana like that, I would say Shadows Over Innsmouth, H.P. Lovecraft, mm -hmm. plus probably like Tommy Knockers or something from Stephen King. Um, okay. Uh, you know, and, uh, anything from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft in general. The, the title In the Mouth of Madness is based off of At the Mountains of Madness, but there's no references to that, which is that's an HP Lovecraft novella. And there's it is. He just borrowed the title, um, essentially. Um, I, but I would stick with more John because there really isn't a whole lot much else like it. A lot of stuff has copied it in terms of like, uh, you know, different like shots like that jump scare at the beginning kind of 
Um, you know, because everybody, every horror movie does that now, and it's just obnoxious, and they don't earn it, even you know. But in this case, it's it's yeah. I think that's the thing is whether or not it's earned, or whether or not it's just a fucking somebody throwing a cat out of a fucking closet. Yeah, or you know the paranormal. What is it? Uh, fucking activity. Yeah, where it's no, you didn't earn it. You're not doing anything, and you just watch an hour, two hours of a movie where nothing happens. Except like two things. It's not no. except you just got suckered. <laughs> um, as to whether it's scary, um, I would say probably no. <laughs> but but I'm but we all get desensitized well, is it after scary a while. Today with all the movies that you saw, or was it scary when you no, saw? No, it? it was scary when I saw it. Um, yeah, you but know. now today it's yeah, it's, it's not what you ex- it's 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 too slow. But. Um, yeah, the, uh, just HP Lovecraft stuff, Call of Cthulhu stuff is a lot like this, where it's dealing with, um, the idea of if we, oh, Reanimator, of course, and, yep. um, From Beyond, right? Those are the two, the yeah. Gordon, uh, yeah, those what's are the two face? big ones, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those films, uh, watch those, those are <laughs> quite different <laughs> in a lot of ways from this. But uh, still has that idea where it, it, it from beyond it's particular it makes it very explicit. But it's like you know it, it isn't um, what we perceive is not exactly reality, and we should not be able to perceive reality because if we actually did, it is incomprehensible to the point where we would drive ourselves mad with it. If you were to find out that you were a character in a novel being controlled by some omnipotent author, right? Um that's a pretty yeah, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Um I would say that the this movie in particular with that theme fails um just in in this execution of the theme because really what it's saying is like they're trying to make the terror that he doesn't actually have free will, right? But <laughs> But we don't have free, you know, there's, there's a scientific explanation for that. I'm not going to go into it. But, but it's, but so, so once you, you know, get through that, you're just like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's scary because I can't control my own actions. But, you know, I, I, I still like, I want to go have a smoke right now, right? But, you know, I can't control that. Yeah. So, same thing. Um, yeah. But it's a good movie. There isn't, like, it, I'd say, in terms of as, as movies go, it's probably like five out of ten in terms, no, ten out of ten in terms of Dave's rating or whatever. But yeah. five out of ten in terms of like how deep the rabbit hole goes. It's pretty, you know, it's a, it's not that deep in terms of like how you know you're gonna find out all this stuff about it and it's gonna blow your mind or anything like that. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what it's for. It's also like a good party movie. You put it on. You know. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You you can really pay attention to it and scrutinize it, or you can just let it happen. And it, mm-hmm. it totally works either way. Totally agree. So, Tim, anything you want to suggest to go along with this? or mm, If I had to pick something that would like, be close cousin to this, I think I'd go back to an old Twilight Zone episode with Keenan Wynn, where he was an, uh, a writer, and he was creating characters, and they were interacting with them, mm-hmm. and they didn't know that they were characters until the very end of the episode. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm always a fan of the old Twilight Zones. Just, if you can, you know, tune into any of them, you'll see the, the seeds of so much modern horror. Rod Stewart uh, is fucking great. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know what? Because Rod Stewart, I think he's very sexy. I don't care what that song says, but <laughs> Rod Sterling, he knows how to write his. Uh, oh story. shit! Fuck me! Goddamn! <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm go, the last Tim. one to fucking fuck somebody. I'm mispronouncing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I deserved it. I 100. percent I deserved. No, you yeah, should absolutely yeah. fucking confusing those two. Don't. No, fuck me. I deserve that. Sorry. And I would say <laughs> if you want to go against the medium and try something different, but in the same vein, if you like video games, just go play Alan Wake. It's, uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> very much reminds me of this in some themes. Fun game, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. You'll, uh, I'm the only person, people love that game. I played through it when it came out and mm -hmm. I was not too impressed. Huh. It does have that, like, it's going for that. It's specifically yeah. going for the fucking David Lynch Twin Peaks thing, mm -hmm. right? 100%. Yeah, that as well. Totally. But you, but you know what would do it if you're looking for a video game is Deadly Premonition, which is, which really yeah. nails the David Lynch weirdness fuck, fucking thing. It's a Japanese game. You've heard of it, I'm sure. Yeah. You can get it on There's Switch. a sequel. I don't so know what that's go. about. But. It's oh, Japanese always make the best horror games, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say, yeah, correct. <laughs> so, I mean, Cy Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't Japanese, so that's... Pretty horrible. Uh, I spent, you know, I, I spent, fucking I spent, have I spent, an Xbox X, and I fucking I bought that game day one, and I, I still spent, haven't played more than 20 minutes of it, because I'm like, alright, they're gonna come out with a new patch, so I'm not gonna play until the new patch comes out. Uh yeah, yeah. I spent fifty nine ninety nine on that thing. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, uh yeah, it's uh, I'm pretty horrified. So well, if you've got a physical copy of it, at least you can rest assured that you'll be able to install it at the version one point with the most bugs <laughs> and play it in its true. So it's gonna be the new ET Atari nature. cartridge. Exactly. There's a game worth playing there. It's just buggy yeah. as fuck. It's just not there yet. It's just. They'll I think it. the problem with all the games today is that they all release in beta, and they just patch yeah. and fix it. Yeah. Like a year later, because look at it. Like even Star Wars Battlefront, when that game came out, it was a fucking mess. But right now, it's a fucking incredible game. Yeah. No, that that's definitely true. I'm still okay. So, oh, and Bloodborne. Right is like the love totally is a totally. fucking wonderful video game. Go play it, but one of the best. Yeah. Um, but oh man, fucking Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Bloodlines too. I'm still yeah. I'm never yeah, I'm, coming out, but okay. I'm gonna yeah, I'm I'm gonna go cry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a horror. Just getting your hopes up for that game and it never coming out. So Dave, thank you for joining us on this episode, man. If, if is there anything on the internet you want our listeners to pay attention to? Yeah, I actually. Um, so I'm a, um, my j day job is I'm a teacher, so don't worry about that. But I'm a musician. Um, you can check my stuff out. It's Diamondback Manhunter. Uh, as of yesterday, I actually published a remix of a YouTuber named Endigo, and they made the Big Chungus song, so I just published a remix for that. It's on my YouTube. Just type in Diamondback Manhunter, Big Chungus. You get a good remix of that. I also have a song called John Carpenter's Dreams, um, which is like just directly influenced by his music. Maybe I'll send you a link to it later, Eddie. Okay, I can um, use it as the outro music. And I actually just um, completely 
remade that from scratch because I've been going through oh. a lot of my old tracks. So sweet, yeah, mm -hmm. we'll nice. totally send me a link to it, man. We'll uh, we'll tack it on here. Yeah, dude. So, Tim, you got anything for us to go take a look at? Uh, I'm probably sure that I'm going to be popping up on Daniel's podcast, Mustachio Podcastio, and on the Grind Bin, uh, either on a regular episode or a mini bin pretty soon. But uh, hey, congratulations, Eddie. One year. One year. Thanks, man. Hey, and congrats, man. If, if you're into it, uh, you want to hear more of this, go to patreon.com forward slash bloody bits to get access to the Blood Bank, which is over 1,500 horror and uh grindhouse films that you probably have tv shows and radio yep. shows and yep radio yep. plays all sorts of stuff that you can get access to also you get access to our bonus episodes where we do like stupid over-the-top action movies like crank crank 2 all the good shit like that the candace files where we go out and we talk supernatural oh, i can't wait for the new candace files that we have to come yeah we got an episode actual paranormal investigator coming yeah, on the show she's... Gonna join us talking about those fun, stupid, paranormal shows that we talk about. And other than that, um, nothing. I think that's about it. And folks, I think that this is how we end it. Hey, this is your host, Eddie the Axe Jefferson. And I just wanted to let everybody know, Dave never got around to sending me a link to his song. So I had to Google it myself. And uh, here it goes. You can go search for Diamondback Man Hunter on YouTube. And without further ado, um, here is John Carpenter's Dreams.